Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. It's the Super Athletes. Super Athletes, how are you doing, gents? We are good. Man, how are we doing? Thanks for having us, Phil. Good, thank you, mate. No, hey, good, 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 good. It's an absolute pleasure. And you know what? This is an absolute snap, crackle, cheap pops first. We've never had two people on at once. It could go down really, really well. It could absolutely go to shit. So no pressure, gents, but uh, it's on your heads, not mine. Split us up this. You never know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to say we're a trend-setting tag team, and he's already trying to get rid of me. Oh my god! No, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I mean, I, I've known you two guys not very very long, but I kind of feel like I know you both quite a bit within a short space of time. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, it would have been a year and a half, maybe coming up to two years, that myself and my ex partner came up to the uh, Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, we got to see you guys. We get to see, got to see the entire class. And that kind of started the ball rolling. So I know when I left that first training session, I was sat in the car with Leanne, and she knows when I'm thinking stuff because I start stroking my face like I'm a Hulk Hogan or something. As you can tell, by, I've, I've got a Hulk Hogan t-shirt on, which obviously the podcast listeners can't see, but take, take my word for it, I I start stroking my little Fu Manchu beard on the go. And she says, all right, who did you have your eye on? Like I'm on the pull or something, which is a bit weird. <laughs> and... And I wasn't going to say it. I listed off a couple of people, like uh, Randy I really liked, yeah, yeah. Uh, CP Riley I really liked, um, Dynamite I really liked, and it was you two as well. And I could see something, and I just didn't know what it was. And I know we're going to come on to the super athletes in a little, little bit. So I know I've jumped way ahead of myself, but I could just tell from, from like you know, day one, I was like, we're going to have them on our show. I just don't know what we're going to do with it yet. Like, we're still marinating on, on what we're going to do. But, but before we even get into the super athletes, I want to give you guys the chance. So obviously my uh, person for your audience, we've seen you on one show. They, they've seen you in two matches. They've, yeah, the audience has already kind of set their hook in with yourselves. But could you give us some info early doors about yourselves? Like how did you even come to you know, attend a wrestling school i mean what made you jump from being a fan because you can tell that you're both wrestling fans i don't think that's uh, any secret to anyone listening why did you make that jump from being a wrestling fan into being do you, i want to be a performer because some people are just cool with being fans um but what was with the taking that leap so this like this is honestly i think the weirdest i don't believe in destiny or fate or any of that bollocks um but this is the strongest like piece of evidence that I have for fate ever existing and that me and Ryan, uh, sorry, me and Troy, I lost, I lost fucking, I lost my shoot states there already. Uh, me and, me and Troy both used to play American football in Britain before, uh, before wrestling. We both played in the same university leagues. We both played in the same adult leagues. We played the teams that had played each other frequently. And then by chance, we both turned up to the same beginners training session at the same school on the same day. Like there was, there is no way that that should happen. Any like, there's only I think what eight of us at that training session. Yeah, yeah. And we both happened to turn up. We were a quarter of that class and about ninety percent of the weight of that class. Um, <laughs> like that, just by chance, happened to turn up on the same day. It was just, it was nuts. There's one of them as well where I remember um, 
Chris was wearing like an NFL shirt and like obviously you're a bit nervous on your first day and stuff. And so I come in and sort of gravitate to the other large man wearing, uh, wearing the NFL top. And it was like that, uh, if you ever watched Step Brothers, it was like that moment where they're like, did we just become best friends? You know, we're like, oh, do you, I'm like, do, you, do you like American football, mate? And he's like, oh, I played. I was like, oh, me too. And then like we ended up just getting on that conversation. And um, and yeah, it was it was like that moment on Step Brothers where we were just like, right, well, well, well that's it now then. And then uh, I remember, I, I actually, I remember turning up and I remember I was stretching and I could see that I was a bit older than everyone else there because I, mean, I turned 30 in a week. It's all, it's all down here for me. Um, and so I was a little bit like quiet, and then he, Ryan came over to me, Troy came over to me, shit, and he said, like, hey, do you, do you like American football, mate? And I was like, yeah, 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 I used to play. He went, oh, me too. And I think within one question, we'd gone to like, oh, do you know X and X? And I went, yeah, he's a bit of a knob. And Ryan went, yeah, he is a bit of a knob. And I was like, yeah, we're best friends. Yeah, so we could, yeah, know a lot of the same people and stuff. So it, yeah. it was just one of those that, like, yeah. we turned to the first session and instantly we just thought yeah and i think literally from about two weeks in we knew yeah. it would be a tantrum, I think. yeah i mean for, for those of us that live on this podcast that are almost you know, getting close towards 40 uh mr anderson daniels thanks for that comment shit out. Uh, <laughs> no remorse in your face at all no remorse oh my. Uh, yeah no not at all i mean i get it from i get it from troy like, oh, relatively sprightful <laughs> What, what's what's right. the age difference between between you two? I think I'm I'm so I'm 30 in a week and you're 26 currently, Troy. 27. I was 27 last week. Oh, that was yeah. You had a birthday. I forgot about that. I got you cut angle. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So there's there's a three year difference between us, which is why I do I do the talking side of things and and Troy does the physical side of things. We've got our system. I take all the bumps and he just gets yeah. some shit. No, it seems to work. Yeah. I mean, there is one more thing that you you do do uh, as part of your double act that uh, Mr. Anderson Daniels doesn't do, which is walk backwards into ring steps. Which, like, oh. I, I like. I really hope the Preston few fans, because I mean, chances are people listening to this, <laughs> they'll probably be Preston few fans. Uh, go out your way to track down this bit of footage. So <laughs> before we even get into your patio, get dig deeper into your past and all this sort of thing, it is a beautiful, beautiful moment. So give us give us a little bit of that. So in, in my defence, the, uh, the ring at Iron Fist doesn't normally have steps and they have like a sort of bridge at the Hereford venue that goes from the stage um, straight to the ring. Uh, but we had a different ring uh, on this occasion. And uh, as part of the match that we were doing, um, I, I, was, I took a move and I knew that I was coming around to the front to catch a dive and that's, that's where I was going. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I did end up succeeding in catching the dive. It's just in walking backwards to kind of like get to the front, I did almost like a complete back roll over the, um, over the steps and I was just like, I was praying that no one saw it because Chris was still in the ring taking some moves and, 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 and doing a spot. But then there was um, like a sort of a gaggle of children on the front row that started chanting, keep your balance at me. And I thought that's actually like quite an innovative chant. I'm not sure. I, t- I want to point out on this as well. So we were against two guys. And the, so this was during the hot tag. And the guy who was doing the hot tag was a guy called Nico, who was flown over from Italy for this match. Now, Nico is shit hot. He's dead, dead that's good. Awesome. Uh, he weighs, I'm going to guess, about 180 to 190 pounds. Like, he is, he's, he's, not, he's not tall, but he's ripped. Like, there is not an ounce of fat on him. So the start, and in fact, the start of this match, I gave him some shit about how he should eat at carbs. With his broken English, he walks up to me and goes, 
Hey, fat boy! <laughs> and starts patting his belly. Oh, it um, me. I was done. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we both we both popped. It was ridiculous. But anyway, so we're it's the hot tag. He gets rid of Ryan. I can't remember who gives Ryan. He goes out, and I'm there. I give him a mini cut off. And when he was planning this, bear in mind he doesn't speak a whole lot of English. So we were, me and Ryan were both like, we're probably just going to say yes to whatever he wants to what do because it's going to be difficult to like negotiate what we're going through. So he goes through, right, and then I'll give you a super kick and I'll give you a German suplex. I've got at least 70 pounds on this guy. But I was not I was not going to be, I was like, yep, that's fine. You give me a German suplex. I, like, this is the point of wrestling to make the other person look good. I don't bump very often. It's already been alluded to. I was like, this is going to be the bump of the fucking night. This is going to look <laughs> shit hot. So I remember I get super kicked, gives me this German, and I throw myself backwards. Like, I have launched myself from one side of the ring to the other and i remember stopping and listening and being like i did not get the reaction i thought it would i thought that again <laughs> after the match ryan comes up to me yeah sorry mate during the hot fest i fell over and the entire crowd was looking at me and laughing i was like what i bumped for that i bumped on my back for that and you everyone was watching you fall over the steps i was livid I mean, it is, it is fun. It's one of those, um, again, because I'm an old man, especially in, you know, in comparison to you two bastards. Um, but I, I remember like Noel's, watching Noel's house party on like a Saturday night or whatever. And Mr. Blobby used to take that bump. He'd like, he'd, he'd back bump over Noel Edmonds or down the stairs or whatever. And when I watched it, there was just that weird nostalgic feeling of watching Mr. Blobby going ass over tit. It was good. It was very good. Yeah. I do have to admit. <laughs> yeah, not at the time it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to have to say this. Now, obviously, if you've been in this business long enough, chances are you're going to end up on Botchamania. I mean, that's, surely that's got to be on Botchamania. Um, I don't know. Is that a claim to fame or a claim to shame? I, I've, I've seen no, I, think, I think it's a claim to fame. I mean, I've I fucked up a lot and I've never been on Botchamania. I'm, I'm offended, if anything. We've seen, uh, yeah, we, we, we know a few people that have been on Botchamania. There's the classic uh, Grod clip. Where he's been oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe sold it like an absolute champ, though, didn't he? Like, just carried on. Um, I love it. It never broke character with it. No, not no, at all. He just that, straight that, back, that, up on his feet. Yeah, respect that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got like he's got his mask on and he, he whatever, and he literally stacks it from about six feet high off the edge of the stage on on his face and people around are kind of like gasping and holding their face and whatever and he literally just gets up shrugs it off and walks to the ring we're going to have to start putting some of these on the person few channel because I don't know if many if any person few fans have seen them but we'll get yours on we'll get Henry right. T. Grudd's on <laughs> and uh, we'll, 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 have, like, we'll call it like Botcher Armour or something I don't fucking know as long as we're not getting sued, yeah, for the moment. No, it's fine. It's, <laughs> I mean, you won't get sued. I mean, I, I may, but um, it's fine. You know, I, I assume all responsibility. That's perfectly fine. But uh, going, going back a tiny little bit, so we want to, want to talk about when you two guys kind of got together. So what sort of, put like a little timestamp on it. Uh, when would it have been that you two would have first met at that training school day? I think we're What talking, a great question. Yeah, I think we're talking like, uh, I, I remember it was like summertime because it was boiling, wasn't it, in Max Gym? Yeah. I think it was like July, August of, I want to say, will it have been 2018 or 2017? I, be, I think it was 20. Uh, it must be 2017. Do you think? I think so, yeah. And that, that's we did, what, yeah, I think it's 2017. Because I think my, my first ever match was like a couple of weeks 
before yours, and that was that was in I think August September of, of twenty eighteen. But yeah. our, our first match uh, together, I think it was about it, it was it was the Rumble, wasn't it, or was it? Oh, it was. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was against Lethal Weapons, wasn't it? Our first actual match together. Yeah, yeah. I think that was about. Uh, was that January of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gentlemen. Although you are lying, our first match together wasn't that match. Okay. Our first match together was in the main event of an Iron Fist show, where (laughs) Troy Ryan teamed up with Xander Cooper to take on shithousery team of me and Xander. Take on number one contender Chris Royals and a mystery uh, partner who was plucked from the local gym uh, (laughs) to take you on. So this was Ah. it was. Oh, it was a small Iron Fist show. Uh, Coops was champ. Chris Royals was the number one contender. Um, and you'd been to what? You'd done one match before that Iron Fist, one or two? I, I done what? Oh yeah, I done one more. That was the uh, the infamous car journey. We'll get onto that after. But... Yeah. Um, and so like Ryan was kind of had like had started out at Iron Fist, and the the story was was that the Coops and Chris Royals were going to have an impromptu match, and they were each allowed to find one ta- uh, one partner for it. Yeah. Uh, and Coops has obviously found the biggest guy he could find in Troy Ryan. And so Chris Royals had seen this, gone to the gym and found the biggest guy that he could find, which was me. Uh, and the idea was obviously that I was a guy who'd never wrestled before, uh, just been plucked from the gym to be a, a big dude. I did not get that over at all. Yeah, I was ner- an excellent headlock for a man. I was wrestling. nervous as shit, as you can imagine. So you just go back to like the base, the fundamentals that you know. So we were there, like, I was meant to have never wrestled before. Me and Ryan go into it in a perfect, perfect collar and elbow tie-up. <laughs> uh, straight into the international, headlock, send them off, leap, sleep, all that good stuff. Uh, and then it, was, it wasn't until after the match, I was like, yeah, we destroyed that gimmick within about seven seconds of that match. Don't, don't but, <laughs> go on. I was going to say, don't forget your, uh, your infamous first hot tag, Chris. Where, uh, no! Yeah, yeah, if you're going to bring this no! up, I'm going to bring this up. So uh, Chris Royals, um, do, do you know him, Phil? You, um, yeah, he's he's been on uh, one of our shows. Um, we had like we used to do like a kind of a deal where we'd invite other promotions up to our digs. Uh, really nice guy. Just he's a top, he's a top guy. He's, he's done an awful lot. Yeah, I really like him. And he's um, uh, obviously he's, he's gimmick is the Hatter, and he's a very pow- uh, very proud traveler guy. And he has a flag yeah. that he puts out for his entrance. Um, and he left that flag in the corner and I remember so we beat him up we beat him up and we beat him up and finally he gets the tag and Chris comes steaming in and just slips on this flag <laughs> I'm like oh no <laughs> so the entire way down I said to them like, one thing I'm nervous point. about is getting in and out of the ring like it's my debut things will go wrong I'm not worried about that there might be a botch in there that kind of shit happens but all I want to do is get in and out of the ring smoothly because nothing makes you look more amateur than like tripping over the ropes or something like that big hot tag here I come and his pissing flag is in the corner where I am and as I step through the ropes it gets caught on my foot so as I put my foot down on the canvas it slips I don't quite go on to my... It's not quite a full front bump. I get my hands down and get up again and give what might be the shittest clothesline of all time to Troy. <laughs> it's like a wet noodle slapping him somewhere <laughs> around his face. Still bump like a champ for it, don't get me wrong. 
But I was, I just, yeah, I came, I remember just like the match finished and like the, the match was fine. It was what you'd expect from a debutant and uh, a, a young, inexperienced wrestler. Um, we did, me and Chris Rose did probably the worst heart attack of all time as our finish. Uh, which uh, you did you you ate the pin on that one, didn't you, Ryan? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you so, did. Chris's first uh, ever match, he got to pin me in the main event. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, gents. I mean, like, when, when I kind of started this podcast, I, I predicted a few things that was going to happen, especially on today's show, but as I was yeah, even thinking of doing a podcast, at no point did I ever, ever think I'd hear the words hitting him with like a wet noodle around the face. It was, it, yeah, it was. I, I just, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good job we kind of put like explicit warnings on this podcast because it, it could be construed as something else. <laughs> but it's cool. That's, it's cool. We're all fine with that. That's a different. Of... That's a different story for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that one for later in the show. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, I just remember the, the week before being one of the most oh, oh like the show before one of the most stressful experiences of my life. <clears throat> I, I, I've done one show at this point. And um, it was going to be, uh, it was my debut at Iron Fist. And never been there before, never met anyone. I was driving the car. There was me, Cooper, uh, Connor, and Jack. And uh, driving uh, down the mo- like the motorway on the M6. And it just sounds like, like a rocket hit the car. And it just doof, to one side. And we're like, oh, what was that? And just sort of carrying on. Um, and then you see smoke coming out the back of my car. Essentially, what's happened is um, this car wasn't even very old, but it had been sort of customized without um, without my knowledge and that the axle was bent. So essentially, the the tire was so worn on the inside, it blew up on the motorway. And I've got I've got half, literally half the card in my car at this point. So we, we we get and there's there's no hard shoulder at that point because of the road works as well. Yeah. So, so like we've caused this massive traffic jam. I was on the news and I'm over the other side of this barrier and we ended up getting towed to services and we're in Nutsford. And I just remember like just rolling into this garage like and I just said to this guy like, please just fix my tire. I don't care what it costs. Just as quickly as you can, whatever. And he was so snotty. He was awful with me. He was just like, sorry. Uh, I was like, oh, you're going to be like that, aren't you? And we ended up um, getting a new tyre fitted, and I, like, bombed it down to, it was Evesham. And we got there with about 10 minutes to spare. And yeah. it was, oh, honestly, like, to be fair, like, they were all so sound about it. But I just, yeah. like, I, I'm done before I've even started. You know, I, mean, I, I had one job, driver's there, the car's blown up, like, 15 minutes into this journey. But, but like, let's be honest, so obviously Evesham's quite, I mean, that, it's quite a bit south of me in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah, yeah. From obviously you guys up in Manchester down to Nutsford isn't that big of a jaunt, so you probably attempt for the way down to Evesham, yeah. and you, you you blow up on the motorway. I mean, do you look at that and think could that have been an omen? Should we have just kind of said, okay, Luke, we're done, we're done, that's it. That's it. The okay, guy in the carriage was like, you're not going to make your show, basically. And I was like, oh my, you know, like I've just balls this before we even started, but. I remember like having to call most of the match. It was actually quite a good experience in the end because most of the match was actually called in the ring. Um, I just remember that venue was hilarious that because it, it sort of backs onto um, a bit a bit like your venue that was like a sort of bar next door and stuff. Yeah, it's like, it like a curtain, and I was waiting in my generic blue singlet to go out. <laughs> and I, I take a look to my right, and there's this old bloke playing on a fruit machine, and he's just sort of sipping his pint. He just turns around, and looks at me, 
and I'm, I'm like, and I'm just about to walk out, just shakes his head disapprovingly and mouths. <laughs> and I'm like, right, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, <I> was, <laughs> Mate, this is why I love working men's clubs. Now, I think working men's clubs in this country tend to get a bit of a bad rep. And I don't, yeah, I'm sure there's some old ones and there's some crap ones and ones that need tearing down and all this sort of stuff. But they've got character at least. And wrestling's about character. So I kind of think wrestling and working men's clubs kind of go hand in hand in that respect. You get the kind of people in working men's clubs you don't get anywhere else in this world. I mean, um, the Civil Working Men's Club, the uh, the venue that you guys had come down to uh, at the start of March. Now, they opened their doors at half 11. There's no one in apart from the staff. Within two minutes, we get there, them opening. We've got all our merch boxes. We go walking in, and there's a load of, like, uh, old fellas just sat there necking pints at half 11 in the morning. Like, how do you even get in here and, like, have these many drinks beforehand? And they all talk to you in a way that you don't get spoken to anywhere else. It's such a strange, strange thing. But it, again, it, it's one of those, it helps to shape you because they'll give you a look and just, there's no preparing for that. Just go, oh, wrestler, are you? you go, yeah, mate, you come and see the show later and with a straight face. No. Oh, okay. Cheers for that, mate. Nice one. Thanks. It's a very different crowd, isn't it? Like, uh, Christy, yeah. the Halloween show we did. Um, oh don't that was that was fantastic wasn't it that was one of my favorite shows i've ever done just because so the idea of this show was it was a proper like it was a proper small show setup which was like um there's a couple of singles matches baddie gets involved there's like a run-in and then the goodie challenges the baddies to a tag team match at the end and you kind of get how it works it was a nightmare on elm street fight i believe that was it it was it was a hardcore street and so Ryan was having his match with who were you against Jake, weren't you? Yeah, Kevin Jacobs, yeah. Against the kill. Good. Uh, so yeah, they're good singles match as well. Um, and it's, the idea is that you can't like the whole gimmick of the match was that you couldn't kill the kill. So Ryan was yeah. hitting all these nonsense Ridiculous moves. moves I pounced him out the like, ring. I, I shoulder pressed him above my head and threw him out the ring. This was uh, yeah, like, all his like, idea. I was like, you don't like have second to match that. on the card or something like that. Yeah, and he was all, yeah, he was like, can you lift me above your head? I'm like, I mean, yeah. And he was like, can you throw me out the ring? And I'm like, should I? You know, like this. <laughs> but yeah, it's your promotion. And if you want thrown out the ring, then yeah. You so they off. do this, they, they go on and they go through, and Ryan's trying harder and harder to kill him, and he's kicking out, and he's kicking yeah. out. A big comeback comes on, he comes on strong. Ryan gets his big kick out. And then Jake, the face, goes off and gets a saw. And now this is a legit saw and holds it in the air over the uh, over Ryan, who's on his knees, essentially begging him not, not to murder him with a saw. <laughs> now, the crowd booing profusely at me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I come out to stop this nonsense. Me, the baddie, comes out to stop this nonsense. And the crowd reacts by shouting, and I quote verbatim, cut his fucking dick off. <laughs> wow. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? It, it was, was honestly, it was so great. It's a great crowd. It's a great promotion. But it's it's West. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just the idea of you coming out with a saw. I mean, that's uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, when you say there's characters, then there's 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 really characters. But we yeah, we love doing them. And um, but yeah, that was an experience. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean. So, 
we'll kind of like sort of take you back and I say, obviously, when you started training, was yeah. it the Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy when you started, or was it still uh, part of Future Shock when you started? I've got my bearings right on that one. Yeah, so it was it was the future yeah Future Shock Wrestling Academy um, when yeah. we started, um, and then obviously like Xander sort of expanded his horizons a bit and was affiliated with with other promotions and, and yeah. stuff like that. that. That's what it was uh, when we started. And uh, when we go down and help out the shows as, as well and that sort of thing. Like, I mean, he, he must like he must look at you the way a lot of people look at you, just and go, "Yep, it just makes sense." You, know, there's some you don't need to cram anything in there. You don't need to explain anything. You, he must look at you too and just see like pound signs in front of his eyes. I mean, yeah, I mean, was that the case early doors? He like did he kind of say, "Look, we are going to put you two together. It makes fucking sense." I'd actually say a little bit the opposite, you know, and to be honest, we're quite, oh, okay. we're quite thankful for, uh, like, the approach that he took with us in that, like, you know, if, if um, we, it took us probably a year's worth of training uh, before we'd done any shows at all, and it was, um, and it was like a, a like, a, a full academy-based show with my first one, and Chris, obviously yours, was, was, was down at Iron Fist, so that was obviously like a, a sort of proper promotional show. But um, yeah, we trained for a long, long time uh, before we, we, we debuted. But um, I think in terms of like how Coop sort of trained us at the time and stuff, Chris and I like sort of respond quite well to it being from like a sports background in that, you know, if you tell me to do this, I will just do this. You know, there's no like sort of overthinking. There's no, you know, but uh, if, if, if I couldn't do something, I, I just the one that sticks out for me was <laughs> I, I couldn't take an arm drag. I don't know why, but for a while, I couldn't take an arm drag. And Coop made me take 30 in a row, you know. Oh, and at the oh. time, I absolutely despised him. I was like, why the fuck's he making me, you know. But I could take an arm drag, you know. You know, and that's the thing is, is I think if we'd have, you know, like you, like with that sort of mentality, as you said, you know, um, maybe we could, could have got put on shows too early. Because, um, you know, some of that we sort of pride ourselves on is, is being quite good workers and, willing to take whatever move and, you know, and understanding that sort of thing. And I think if we'd have got put on shows too early, we maybe have been a bit exposed in that, in that sense that, you know, we've not actually had the time under our belt of getting the reps in to, you know, be decent basically and not just have to rely on a look. Yeah. I think from, yeah, from what we're on is like, cause we both came from American football where obviously it's like fundamentals are the biggest part of American football. Like you have the fundamentals drilled into you over and over and over and over again. Um, and the, like, and it's it's not fun. It's not designed to be fun. It's designed to a make you as good as you can be, but b also so that you are safe. Because obviously, American football is a big contact sport. There are a lot of injuries, and there have been a lot of spinal injuries and head injuries from American football from people who do the fundamentals wrong. Um, yeah. So when we went to Coops, and again, Coops's style of coaching is drilling the fundamentals over and over and over and over again. So it like for us, from just what I can remember, it was months before we did like even a scoop slam. Yeah. Like we did rolls and uh, and bumps and lockups and wrist locks and all that kind of stuff. I would say it was probably at least two months, probably close to three months, till we did a suplex and a scoop slam, yeah. which is just like and they're like dead simple, dead basic moves that everyone does. Which obviously, when you're if the focus of what you're looking for from training is that you want to have the fun aspect of it, you're not going to enjoy that because, you know, you want to do cool stuff and you want to do arm drags and hip tosses and go off the top rope and all that kind of stuff. But for us, from the background we came from, we were like, this is fine. I completely get I understand 
why I'm doing a wrist lock. I'm not enjoying doing a wrist lock for the 79th time in two weeks, but I understand why I need to do it. And I understand why I'm having to do a front roll again and again and again and again. I think the, um, when you came down to watch us for the first time, Phil, like, we, we, we didn't really do an awful lot extravagant. I think it was we ran the international a few times and, you know, yeah. basic drill and, and, and did a couple of, you know, sort of heat beat down type, you know, beating each other up sort of things. But it wasn't any... You know, and that's the thing is, is you know, we're, we're capable of more. We could do fancy moves and flips or whatever, but you know, like it, that, that's not what you saw. And uh, but to be honest, we like I think we responded really well to that kind of training because yeah. it's, it's what we used to. And to be honest, I like, was appreciative of, of Cooper taking the time to to basically bother with us. You know, like of be of being asked of you know, I actually want them to be good. You know, so you know, I think it just we, that, that's how it kind of worked for us. I mean. Because, I mean, obviously, so this would have been sort of two, three years ago. When I started, cause, I mean, I started out, I wanted to be a wrestler. I'm pretty sure everyone that gets into this business wants to be a wrestler. Um, you know, like they, they might kind of go off to one side and end up doing refereeing or managing, announcing, whatever. But I'd say the majority of people get into this business because they've seen wrestling on TV and they want they want to do this, and then for whatever reason. Um Again, my training was very, very similar to Xander Cooper, where it was dr- absolutely drilling into you the absolute basics. I mean, we had a 13-foot ring, which you two would have had a fucking field day in it, trying to pounce someone in a 13-foot <laughs> ring. It was crazy. Because um, like, if someone gets you in a Boston Crab, the ropes are right there. So you have to kind of think outside the box to find reasons not to grab it or to not be able to full-on stretch. Because I'm one, yeah. and with my arm stretching out, that's a good seven or so foot. You need to think, create, yeah, you need to think kind of creatively. And my trainer was just very, at the time, I thought he was hard on me, but he wasn't. He was just installing the basics. We we just wanted to do cool stuff. Like you said, we wanted to just jump off the top and do all these bits and pieces. And then our trainer got us doing like 40 German suplexes with a punch bag, a really fucking heavy punch bag. And we were kind of, there was like a noise that was given out from our from our class. So he was like, right, what are we going to do? We're going to do uh, five minutes of German suplexes in a 13-foot ring with this seven-foot-tall punch bag. And there was like a noise of, <sighs> and as soon as he recognized that noise, he's like, okay, like he knew what was going to happen. The first kid jumps in, uh, butchers grips, rounds this, um, rounds this yeah, punching bag. German suplexes it, it clips the top rope, so he's at the floor, the punch bags hit the top rope, he's kind of like taking a bit of a bump, the punch bags bounced up, then come back down, and because he's looped fully up, it's hit him in the face and popped his nose. And without, without kind of like missing the beat, the trainer was like, and that's why we do the fundamentals. So that your body knows muscle memory. If you fall over when you're out on the town pissed and I have trained you well, then your body will know how to bump or how to roll because of the fundamentals. Now, if you fall over or you get jumped or this sort of stuff, you're not going to bust out a stunner. But if you fall over or trip up in the street, chances are you're going to roll out of it because I'm going to drill the fucking fundamentals into you. Day in, day out, you're going to hate it, but it'll be exactly what you need. And... I can't fault it for that. And it kind of sounds like Cooper's style of training kind of follows that mentality of just get it into the, so that you can do it in your sleep. I mean, would that be a fair, fair comment? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think the, 
certainly, especially early on, because his, his training setup has changed since we've come through the academy, if that makes sense, and that when we were going through it, it was just beginners, fundamentals, advanced, and he's brought in intermediates and stuff like that since then. Um, but for us, certainly through beginners and the majority of fundamentals, it was literally like every the start of every training session was you were doing cardio, you were doing rolls, you were doing bumps, you were doing all the basics over and over and over and over again, and then you'd get onto whatever the subject of the class was. If that makes sense. Yeah. Five by five as well. Oh, that can go fuck itself. Uh, <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to have to ask, what's the infamous five by five? It's it's like a Basically, I remember one time that he did a 10 by 10, and it's like a sort of like cardio sort of blowout drill, basically. Of, yeah. uh, you start off Irish whipping each other, but you keep holding each other's arm, and you do five each, and then you switch and do five each running the ropes, and then you do five leap sleeps, and then the other person does five leap sleeps, and you do five yeah. open overs in each corner. And uh, <laughs> me and Chris used to get paired together to do it. And I remember for ages you had them rubbish shoes, like proper, yep. what, what are those? Like rubbish, like plimsolls you'd wear in like <laughs> primary school PE. And like, and they were like too big for him as well. And I remember we were doing these, like, he covered so much ground because he's doing these up and overs and running across the ring. But his legs are like candlesticks because he can't, he keeps slipping in these plimsolls and he's like weaving in and out. I'm like, what is happening here? Because uh, they're knackered as well. And uh, he's got these rubbish shoes that have kept falling over. <laughs> it was, I think it might have been the first or certainly one of the first times we went out to advance. And Coops yeah. always does the same thing when he goes to advance. It's quite often he'll bring in the five by five early because it is a really good blow up drill. And it also, the first time you do it, it will blow you out. It just will do. It's just one of those. It will blow you up. But it's a good uh, yardstick for like teaching yourself that even though you're tired, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. You pace yourself, you get it right, that kind of stuff. And I remember that session. And obviously, when you go into any wrestling school, you, you don't wear your outside shoes for wrestling. And I'd forgotten to take my wrestling trainers with me. So I was like, shit, I need to run to Asda, I'll get some trainers. The only ones they had were these rubbish plimsolls. Now, I hadn't looked at them properly. They were like a tenner, uh, but there was no ankle support in them at all. Not even like trainer low-cut ankle support. It literally went down to about an inch above the heel, essentially. Um <laughs> <laughs> so that like they were atrocious and there was no like side of the foot support or anything. And I was so we'd done the we'd done the the the, the hold ons or five by five hold ons and then five more. I'd done the leap sleeps, which is the bit that really blows you up. It's essentially like burpees on fucking seventeen white monsters over and over and over again. I got to the up and overs. So obviously like I'd whip I I I'd get whipped into the corner, I'd jump up. Ryan would go underneath me and I'd land down. But because there was no ankle support, I was landing and my ankles were twisting. Like, not in the, in the case of, like, injury, but I was just rolling over my ankle. And so yeah. as I turn, I then, I couldn't run in a straight line. I'd start diverting off to the ropes on one side. And I'd then have to curl round. So rather than going back and forth, you know, 15-foot ring or whatever it is, and it's the, what, however that long that, that diagonal is, I was doing laps of the ring, essentially. having to go up and over and up and over and up and up. I've never, I, I honestly, and I remember Coops afterwards, he looked at me and went, you're right. And I went, right, after about three minutes of, of nearly dying, I looked at him and went, these bloody shoes. He went, yeah, don't worry, you'll get better at them. I was like, I ain't getting better at <laughs> shit wearing these. These are going straight in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, I'm going to have to ask, because obviously uh, attire does come into wrestling 
quite a bit when you're on shows. If yeah, we, we've, I'm sure we've all been on a show where we've looked at someone's uh, gear and it either stinks. Every every locker room's got one. Yeah. Um, but have you ever had this? Is like an infamous training school thing. So you obviously you've been with Cooper a good few years. Has anyone ever shown up to training on their first day? Where like with a, a wrestling belt over their shoulder, like a replica WWE belt over their shoulder. We've not had that. Coop, Coop has said that someone's turned up in full like this. I think this was before our time that someone had yeah. turned up to the first beginner session like in like a singlet or something like a full like wrestling gear, and he's had to be like, oh, you know, hang on a second here, mate. But we, we've not seen it firsthand. But like, if you ask him, a hundred percent got it happen. I don't think anyone that shows up in like sort of wrestling gear is kind of jumping the gun, but I, I kind of at least I get it. where they're going. Yeah, yeah like you, you can see these like aspirations now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, we're all wrestling fans, so we turn up to training and we've all got different ideas about what wrestling is. And I was talking to, it was either Ryan Might or Matt Burns, I can't remember which one it was, but we were discussing someone had showed up to a training class and it was like they just, mugged WWE Euro shop. I mean, they had, like, it was like, a, like an Undertaker hat, a Triple H t-shirt, Steve Austin, trackies. He had a replica belt over his shoulders. He had sunglasses on indoors. I was like, oh, and you just, like, within a couple of training sessions, even if you show up wearing a wrestling shirt, you kind of learn to not wear that shit. You start just wearing... Just gym gear, you know, unbranded T-shirts, whatever. You don't want to be the fan at training. You almost want to try to get away from that sort of thing. But this guy, he just came decked out. I think he had, he had like the Hardy Boys necklace on over the top of his shirt. And we were all lined up. And we'd all got there an hour before class, because even though it started at 12, you get there an hour before to set the ring up and blah, 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 and put the mats out, whatever. And he showed up 12 on the dot, and he walked in. And you could have, like... It's just like sucked all the air in out of the room because we all knew what was going to happen. Like the trainer wasn't going to say it, but he was going to blow him up to the fucking point he was never going to come back or at least throw his guts up, which it kind of happened every so often. Yeah, people throwing their guts up, I think, is part of wrestling training. If you've ever seen the Louis Ferru documentary, you're going to be sick at some point or another. And this guy, within about seven to ten minutes, he had four cans of Monster rather than a bottle of water with him. And again, oh. it's... Ah, oh, mate, and just it's one of those things where we should have said, no, 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 dude, dude, go back out, go back out, take all that shit off, then come back in. But we couldn't do it. He got clocked, he got blown up, and I don't think I ever saw him again. The best cool. one of them, I think, was uh, I remember Jack telling me. So our Jack, he he helps Coops out with the um, with, with some of the beginners classes and things like that. Yeah, and um, he was saying that someone had turned up in. Uh, it was like a Seth Rollins T-shirt, you know, fair enough. But kept calling him Tyler Black, and it's oh. like, wearing the shirt, mate. <laughs> you know, like, like just would, would refuse to call him by his WWE name and stuff. It's just like, ooh. <laughs> oh dear God! That's I mean, the only example of that I could I could think of like first hand. Let's be honest there. Like, it's it's a difficult business to learn because no one really teaches you everything. They kind of want to show you a few things. And then they kind of want to release you out into the wild, like Mowgli from the Jungle Book, and say, all right, good luck. Because that's probably the best way to learn and probably the better way to weed out people that are in this business probably for the wrong reasons. I mean, 
feel free to, to shoot me down if that sounds wrong, but some people want to get into this business to be famous, which I don't think that's particularly good uh, good reason. Uh, some people want to get in because they want to learn stunners, they want to learn RKOs, and that's not what training is at all. I mean, I'm sure there's some schools around the, around the UK and around the world that teach that stuff, but it's oh, fucking hell. I mean, faux pas, it's part and parcel of this business. I mean, that guy got beasted. Um, anyone that ever showed up late got made to, to run on a treadmill wearing backpacks full of, uh, full of weights and all, yeah, all this sort of stuff. You know, have you guys, not saying that you've, have you ever pranked anyone on that level, but have you ever been a part of either a ribbon or part of a faux pas of any kind? A, so I'm going to let Ryan tell the story first because I know exactly what story he's I've, going I've been, for. Mean, go I've been on the end of a real ribbon. Yeah, that's, um, this. I feel such an idiot for not getting this as well, but it was just superb. So again, Iron Fist, classic. <laughs> Anything mad happens at Iron Fist. And um, it was the 4th of May, so Star Wars Day. Uh, again, Chris Royals, if you listen, you again. But um, uh, he he loved Star Wars. So he was doing a Star Wars themed show, and uh, and I was tagging with Jack that day, and it was going to be um, myself and Jack, uh, and we bought like um, you know bounty, Star Wars bounty hunter masks and stuff because we look any, any sort of theme that we do, you know, we love getting involved in that sort of thing, and um, so we bought Star Wars bounty hunter masks, and he was going to be um, Chris Solo for the night. <laughs> and, he, he was, and he was tagging with Chewbacca. And so, but we didn't know who Chewbacca was. But on the way down, Coop's like, look, lads, he was like, I'm not going to lie. Um, Royals has just got his mate in to be Chewbacca. He's found, he's, one of his mates has got a Chewbacca suit. And like, he's, he's going to be wrestling you. So he's like, I know it's not ideal, but this guy's like never worked before. So we'll just keep him out of the ring and, you know, try to have a good match around him and stuff. But he's dead protective over this costume, he didn't want anyone else in it. It's like, we've tried and stuff, so I was, I was on the car down, I'm like, fucking hell, like, this is, this is gonna be rubbish, this. And we, we planned this match, and so this guy comes in, he's, he's Chewbacca, and he's got this like, dead weird like accent, I couldn't quite work out where he was from, he's just like, oh, hey guys, and stuff, we're like, right, okay. And so we're planning this match with Chris Royals, and basically, Chewie's at the start of the match, and he does like, whatever crowd work and stuff, and then the whole match is just us wrestling Chris until yeah. the hot tag where Chewbacca's coming in. He's, he's going he's to give us a clothesline, a clothesline, a choke slam, and that's it. So I'm there saying to, he wouldn't take the mask off. It was dead weird. He wouldn't take the mask off. And so I was teaching him how to throw a line. So I'm like, oh, you know, punch past that. I was like, honestly, don't worry about hurting me. Just, you know, hit me as hard as you can. And then for the choke slam, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll grip your wrist when I'm ready to jump and you just follow me down and stuff. And I remember, like, we tried to be as nice as we could, like, are you, are you all right about everything? Are you nervous? It'll be okay, sort of thing. And I just remember, like, because we were on, like, third, I think, and they had, like, a TV in the back so you could watch the rest of the show. And Chewbacca's just sat there, like, with his mascot. Like, he never took it off, watching the telly. And Jack's, like, nudges me. He's like, it's a bit weird, him, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is a bit. Like, just want to take the mask off. It's, it's mad. So anyway, we go out and we and we do the match and it, it's all fine, like it's going all right. And then I remember I took like a tornado DDT uh, from Chris Royals and so tag tag we make the hot tag. Chewbacca vaults into the ring, executes a perfect drop kick on Jack, and I just stand up and I'm like, what's happening here? 
and I'm getting hit in the corner. And I might, I'll see if I can send you a picture of it after this. And he's just punching me in the corner. And I'm not selling it because I'm so shocked. I'm like, what's just happened? This non-wrestler has vaulted in the ring and drop-kicked my tag partner. And then he's there going, cut me off, cut me off. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, I hit him. And then uh, we, you know, we finish the match. He does these good moves. He choke slams me perfectly. He throws these lines. And I'm like, what the hell has happened here? And we get back. He takes the mask off. It's Cooper the whole time. Absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Like, yeah, and I did think it was weird. Like, and he was like, "How?" He was like, I was wearing my boots. How did you not tell? And I was like, but yeah, so the whole time, I was just under the impression. And I'm there. So the guy who's coached me and taught me everything, I'm in the back like an idiot going, this is how you throw a clothesline. Like, <laughs> like teaching him. And he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you weren't an arsehole about it. You're pretty nice, actually. You know, and I'm like, you, you could be all right, mate. Like, you know, if you're nervous and stuff. It was cool the whole time. He just absolutely rinsed us. Like hats off to Coop for keeping a straight face. I know under a mask, whatever, but like, I, I'd be giggling like a little girl under that mask. Like his mask nearly I, fell off as well. He vaults in and does this drop kick, and he has to pull it back. Like he was like that. That suit was not designed for Coop's style of wrestling. Don't think, but yeah, like I absolutely did us, and I can't believe I fell for it. So Ryan was telling me about this. And I remember thinking, like, you know, when someone tells a story, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's funny, but you're, I'm sure you're exaggerating. You're, well, like, I'm sure you weren't no-selling these punches. You just, like, you're just in your head, you were thinking. And then the match got uploaded to YouTube, so I watched it. <laughs> and he's legit just stood there Wait, getting what? punched. Like, just, <laughs> he's not even looking at Cooper, who's hitting him. Oh, like, he's just looking happened? up into the distance, trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> just stood there in utter confusion. Amazing. Absolutely Amazing. Well, we are going to get into, uh, obviously, what we're here for. We are going to talk about Synergy, and we are going to talk about the super athletes as well. Before we get into the Synergy part, um, we're going to take a little little sort of deviation. We're going to chuck you both uh, a little bit of a curveball. We're going to play a little round of Room 101. Now, I know you've both seen the show. You've yeah, been yeah. in this business two, three, four years. Now, I know you both love it. Like, I know you do, but I know there's also stuff that's going to be getting on your fucking tits. It does with us all. It does with me. It does with my DJ Chris. It does with whoever, whatever. There's just stuff about this business that you can't prepare for, and it'll properly wind you up. Now, to make things a little bit interesting, I'm going to ask you both to present a case for something you would love to put into Room 101 to banish forever. But seeing as there's two of you, I am only going to put one of these in. So you need to really make a really good case for whatever it is that you want to put in. So take it away, gents, whoever's first. Age before beauty then, Chris. Go on, you first. All right, right. So mine, so I will just give the backstory of mine. Right. Tag team wrestling is my thing. Like in wrestling, that is what I am all about. I am all about tag team wrestling. Like back in the days when it was um, like, is it, were you Rock or were you Austin? For me, it was you were either Dudley's, um, the Hardy Boys, or you were Asian Christian. That was like my thing. I didn't really, I wasn't asked about Stone Cold or The Rock. Obviously, I enjoyed their stuff, but it was all about tag team wrestling for me. So what I want to put into Room 101 is there's actually two things I'm combining together and they make a tag team together. Is The two things are tag teams that are the combination of two individual wrestlers' names. For example, Jerry Show. And then also the when people combine two single wrestlers' music together. Because it's just naff. Like, the, the weird combinations that just do not work. If you're going to create a tag team, even if you're creating that two single wrestlers, if you're creating a tag team, 
make them a fucking tag team. Give them their own music, however you want to do it. I don't mind if you just pick one of their musics and go with it, or if you give them their own, like, what's the word, bespoke music. Give them a name, but don't just, like, cop out and be like, ah, it's Jericho, and then take the intro for one person's music, slap the other person's music on the end of it, and be like, yep, job done. If you're going to do a tag team, give them an actual fucking basis to work from and get that over, rather than just a half-assed effort at it. That is my entry for Room 101. Wow. Okay, uh, Troy Ryan, over to you. You hear me rant about that in the car all the time as well. <laughs> I hate music. Like, yeah. yeah, I hate it. Yeah, not sure. There's, um, oh, yeah, it's just rubbish, isn't it? I went to um, um, the WWE show last year, and the worst one I there's one exception, there's one exception to that, and that is rated RKO. They are, they are, their mesh of their theme was great. I think it's because it's two great songs, but that actually went together really well. Um, but yeah, no, I actually quite agree with you on that. Um, oh, that was probably going to be mine, but um, just generically, I it's, it's a bit of a broad one, but I'm going to say wrestling Twitter uh, is going in is going in room 101. There's a lot of good things that happen happen on on wrestling Twitter. You know, like uh, we're 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 quite a part of it, and we enjoy you know any show we're on, we'll retweet and we'll promote and we'll do our silly videos for and stuff like that. But there's just a few tropes, I think, on, on, on of, of wrestling Twitter um, that I think uh, we, we, could, we could probably do without. Um, you know, I, I feel a lot of the time that it could be a little bit self-serving, a little bit disingenuous. Uh, and I feel uh, people sort of, um, you know, are only sort of bothered about stuff at times if, if it directly benefits them. Um, you know, and people that are appearing on shows and, and not promoting those shows as well. And like I said, there's a lot of good uh, that happens on wrestling Twitter, and we enjoy it. But for the most part, a lot of it just does my head in, and <laughs> I might have to take a little bit of time off. <laughs> okay. I will. So I'm actually I'm going to help shoot myself in the foot and, and further onto Ryan's cause on this one, which is I think a lot of the time. So if like if fans are going to be shit houses on Twitter. They're going to be shithouses on Twitter. And like generally, they're doing it because they are shithouses. And honestly, do you? I don't care. If that's what you need to get attention, that's fine. But like for wrestlers and promotions, we always forget. Like The whole point of being a wrestler is to put the other person over. Like You go yeah. into a ring. Me and Ryan go into a ring. It's our job to make the other tag team look shit hot. That is our job. And it's their job to make us look shit hot. And I apologize to them because they have to work fucking hard to make us look good. <laughs> but we get out of the ring. We get on Twitter. And we forget all that shit. And like Ryan was saying, it becomes very self-serving and we stop like trying to make everyone look fucking good, which makes the business looks good, which makes shows look good, which means we sell more tickets. I'm turning into coops now and I apologise. We sell more tickets, we sell more merch, we all make more money and everyone's more fucking happy. Right, okay. So I'm going, I'm going to try to pick, um, pick at both of them because I mean they're both very, very good points and I would love to put both of them in there because they are two things I do genuinely fucking hate. I mean, for me, Hearing um, Cesaro and Sheamus' music, where it blends from one to the other, it just, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in the same sort of thought process of if you're going to be a team, be a team. Even like just commit, whatever you're going to do, just fucking commit. Don't do a half arsed because it just sounds like. So, so just on that uh, just, as well, actually, like um, when they do the, again, furthering Chris's cause a little bit, there's. Um, when they do those, it works every now and again when they have like the champion and the number one contender or an unlikely tag team winning 
winning the belts, but they, they do it so often now where they just pair two singles wrestlers together. Yeah. And that, like, so it used to be back in the day that you'd expect the Dudley boys to beat Rock and Austin because Rock and Austin were a team, even though individually they're much better wrestlers because yeah. that team different sort of a different beast entirely. You'd still expect the Dudley boys to win. Whereas now it doesn't seem to be that way. They just put any two people together if they're, you know, high and, on the card. Yeah, if I think, I think sort of case in point, if you look at the last, um, uh, what's called on, on NXT, the, the the Dusty Cup, the tag team tournament, like a big, big percentage of them guys, are, oh, he is uh, like Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. And I get it. But yeah, I am kind of that, of that sort of mentality of, should we invest in actual tag teams or just want to just keep chuck? Oh, no, they do we need to just chuck stuff at the wall to see what works? I mean, would you say that that would be the reason why they're doing it or is it? Well, like the one for me was even recently on, I think it was Raw, was that obviously you've got Seth Rollins with his faction. You had the Authors of Pain as part of his faction, the tag team, the shit hot, dead good, very like very Massive. talented tag team, massive hosses and then you had obviously you had Buddy Murphy and you had Seth Rollins and they put the tag belts on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and I was like why why put the belts if you're gonna if you want the faction to have the belts because just having Seth, Seth Rollins is the leader of that faction so I put the tag belts on Authors of Pain Seth Rollins was elevated with it not that he needs the elevation but you get what I mean yeah, like yeah. it it, it minimises the import in my opinion it minimises the importance of tag team wrestling to have opportunities where you can put the belts on a tag team, but instead you put them on two singles wrestlers just because, as Ryan was saying, one of them or both of them are just higher up the card. Hmm. It's a very valid point. And even though I am going to, I do agree with your point, I'm going to have to obviously be a little bit biased and kind of shit on your chips a little bit. Is it not a sign of the times that, for the most part, it kind of feels like people want either get you singles or singles with gimmicks that doesn't seem to be too much attention to tags so the crowd has fallen out of love with it and because the crowd has fallen out of love with it there's no emphasis put on it it's just a vicious cycle so is it not a case of trying to recreate a wheel rather than going back to the 60s 70s and 80s uh, yeah i think i think the the, the cause of I, I don't want to say the decline of tag team wrestling because, like, you look at the last twelve months and there's been just inc- like some incredible tag team wrestling. Like, you look at, I mean, you can look at obviously the revival at the moment is like the the, the hot kind of uh, tag team at the moment or FTR or whatever they're called now. But obviously, there's like the Young Bucks and you've got DIY and the whole thing that they've gone through in the last forty eight months or whatever it is now. Um, plus, obviously, things like the New Day are ridiculous, one of the best of all time. The Usos, you like the bar going to Seamus and Cesaro and all that kind of lot. I do agree. I think that because, I mean, the obvious example is Braun Strowman and fucking whatever that seven-year-old was called, uh, winning the tag belts. Was it WrestleMania? Nicholas. Nicholas. Fucking Nicholas. Um, Like, there is, like, (laughs) tag wrestling isn't what it used to be because it's not getting its opportunity to shine. But then you look at things like, like, when, when tag wrestling is really good, it's so fucking good. Like, it's so, so good. American um, Alpha and the Revival. That America, oh, my God, American incredible, Alpha. Incredible. But if you think about it, in, in sort of a 20-year span, we've gone from having TLC, TLC2 or whatever, WrestleMania, and then Braun Strowman and Nicholas beating Sheamus and Cesaro. So if you look at that sort of 
where the tag team has been positioned. That's kind of what we've gone from, I suppose, over, over a period of time. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna come back to obviously I've kind of um, agreed and shit on uh, Anderson's sort of chips. I am like I fucking hate Twitter. Like I very I don't I don't read like I don't read it. I I post my stuff. If like I don't you know, um, YouTube kind of like tag me and stuff quite often. It'll be Scott Steiner videos or you know just funny funny stuff. And like I'll look at that and respond and whatever. But I don't read it. I just think it's toxic i just can't it. and for me it's, it, i don't care who's saying it to every sitter an indie show in front of 20 people or it's on WWE, AEW, wherever as soon as someone on tv or on a show says who do you sh- uh, chatting shit about me on twitter oh my god like i don't care who does care i That's don't give a flying fuck there's a bit of a blurred line as well because um like is it is someone tweeting in character? Is someone not tweeting in character? That's very it's difficult to... Just cringeworthy. You know, yeah. it's, whether it's in character, whether it's real, whether it's like a blend of the two, I don't think, like, chatting shit over social media, it doesn't make you look hard. It, it It's a lose-lose situation. It's just, oh, just don't fucking do it. You need oh. to remember what it is as well. Essentially, it's, it's it's a marketing tool, essentially. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And I, I think people kind of overuse it for, for, for what it is. And um, But yeah, that, like, that's what I mean, is, is often people are like, oh, well, I, I was tweeting in character, or I was not tweeting in character. If we just had like a sort of set of, right, this is what this is what it is, I think it'd be all right. But it's yeah. open to interpretation from other people and and, and people will jump on a, on 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 whatever i suppose um yeah, yeah. and I, i'm very I'm like i'm not gonna lie to you. i am very very torn between these two because it is two that i do honestly hand on heart agree with i fucking hate you know, social media at the best of times especially now i mean obviously now that the world's ending soon so fucking hate it anyway um but i do also fucking hate that you know teams uh aren't teams now i'm to a point i've been a bit guilty of that before in the past i mean We've kind of put two guys together and tried to create a team, but we've given them you know, music together. We've, you know, I've gone and got them T-shirts with a name like I want to do. Even if it doesn't work, at least I want to say I've given it my all. Um, but I do fucking hate online trolls and Twitter and that sort of stuff. The only bit I'm kind of knocked about is when you were listing all those great tag teams from the 90s, you didn't mention Too Cool. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying, doesn't it? That doesn't need saying. I didn't, did I mention American Males? The greatest tag, the greatest team, tag team of, all, of time. all time. No, because it doesn't need saying. <sighs> oh, let me think, let me think. By the way, if you're watching this and you have the network, go back and watch American Males versus Arn Anderson and Ric Flair from 97, I think. And it's the best tag team match you'll ever see in your life. I I am slowly working my way through. I I never got WCW when I was a kid, so I am slow. Like it's old, but it's new. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Can watch Doing exactly the same. Uh, um, mm, I I think I know which one I'm I'm gonna put into room one and one, and which one we're gonna keep. I'm just going, going to confirm with my uh, with my producer and editor, Mister Money Penny himself, Mister Valma from Scooby Doo. Uh, Mr. Chris Strawn, uh, would you like to give us your vote, sir? I know the podcast listeners can't see you, but uh, do you want to give oh, us a little... Hear me. They can't see me anyway. Can't hear me. 
Go on, ch- chime in. Wh- which one made the best case? I I sort of liked the whole the bars intro, so I'm, I'd go with the Twitter. Twitter's quite vitriolic. Um, it's a bad example to use, but if you've seen recently on Twitter that uh, Clutch Adams case where he was had his dark match removed, you go through the guy who put pitched that to Cody. He's not an AW fan at all. Like he actively hates AW. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's a fair point to make those comments that Clutch Adams shouldn't have made those comments at all and bring them to light. But at the same time, don't slag off the company. You made this very, very difficult, Chris, because <laughs> I, I, I was very, very set. So you want to put uh, Troy Ryan's in, so Twitter trolls and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I was kind of really set on putting uh, teams that aren't really teams in. So now we're kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one... teams that you've got you've got like the rock and sock connection, which they aren't. They weren't. Oh, you... <laughs> They're iconic <laughs> as well. They weren't great, and you've got TLC three, which was Benoit and uh, Jericho. I really thought you were going to back me up on this. What a shit house. <laughs> get him on mute. Get him on mute first. <laughs> Chris, get back on mute. Get back on mute. This is why I stay on herd. <laughs> get him so, on mute. ladies and gents, going, going into Room 101, it is uh, wrestling's obsession with Twitter and everything, Twitter trolling and all that sort of thing. So, Mr. Anderson Daniels, you are going to have to, unfortunately, keep teams that aren't really teams as we wave goodbye. To Twitter and troll Twitterers. Synergy is dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a very, very good segue because this part, I want to talk about the uh, the present. We talk about the past, I want to talk about the present. How in the bloody hell did Synergy come around? Because everyone I speak to, and I'm going to have to blow a bit of smoke up both of your arses, and I apologize, but I think you're going to take it and whatever. Synergy are very, very, very the, the hot commodities at the minute. Uh, Matt Burns, UKWA, he absolutely loves you. Uh, Mad Dog Mark Angus, absolutely loves you. Every you're just kind of impressing everyone up and down the UK at the minute. I mean, how did Synergy come about, and why is it working? Well, that's really nice to start with. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think most of it was. Um sort of thought up in the McDonald's next to Max Jim next to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was, see, I was trying to think about this the other day. I had no idea. So we, I remember me and Ryan very early on talked about doing a tag team together. Like, and I can't remember what it was. It was dead. Early. I think our original name was the All-Star Aces. Yeah. Uh, that was our original. It's essentially one. super athletes before super athletes, really. Wasn't it, it was athlete, very, right? very much. Um, and then, because obviously there's, so there's me and Ryan in Synergy, but the Synergy faction also has Jack, uh, Jack Roberts, and it has Keenan. Now, I will, I'm going to take this moment to put those two over as much as I can do, because Jack might be the best fucking out-and-out wrestler just fucking around. Sure. Like, he's, he's so fucking, if you ever get a chance to watch his matches, um, I'm sure there'll be someone, the Manchester Pro Res uh, YouTube at some point, he's dead fucking good. Keenan is nonsense good. Like, just a bit, you talk about fucking the ceiling that someone has. How old is he, what, 20, 21 now? I think he's 20. Oh, did 20. He just, did he just turn 21? Either way. God, just... no. Either way, he's too young and he's disgustingly talented and I hate him. Fair play um, to him. He had a horrible so, injury, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah he, he, he blew his knee out at 20. Yeah. yeah, it was 1920, blew his knee out. Like, when I was that age, I'll be completely honest. If I'd had that injury, I'd have sacked it off. I just wouldn't, because other things would have become a priority over that month. He just, like, the whole time, he was just working back to being back wrestling again. That's all, that's all it was. Everything was going back to being back wrestling. Uh, he's been training, he goes to Union London. He's been training at the London School of Lucha, or London Lucha School, mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't you get it. Um, he's worked their shows a couple of times. He was working with uh, who's the guy, the British guy AEW signed. Anthony Agogo. Uh, he's been training Anthony Agogo. He like he's just he's just shit hot. He's just dead good. If you, whoever's listening, book him. He's just good. <laughs> just book him. He's dead but, good. So, um, but I, I, all four of us, I think, have been sat in McDonald's a lot, and we were putting together like ideas for this faction. And it was never an idea. The, the point never was we wanted places to book all four of us together because that's just not how it works. Like, for us to take four spots on a roster, in the real world, in real-world wrestling, chances are it's not going to happen. And we fully appreciated that. For all of us, it was more a case of we also have the real world outside of wrestling, which means yeah. that not all of us can handle every little bit within wrestling. So, for, like, if it, if it was just me and I wanted to push myself as much as possible, as we were saying, no, I don't have to do it anymore because, obviously, wrestling Twitter's in the bin. But, like, you've got your social media stuff you have to handle, like, your marketing stuff, like, getting yourself out there, your wrestling TVs, going to shows, getting to shows, all this kind of shit that, like, it's not just training and then working. There's a lot of other stuff that comes with being a wrestler. And, like, for me personally, like, I've got a wife, I've got a mortgage, I've got a full-time job, all that kind of other stuff on the side. I've got, a, in my life, I don't have time to do all that stuff. And then, obviously, Ryan did the same. He's got his career, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't have the time to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> he lives on his own. <laughs> um, yeah, same with Jack. Despite the yeah, promos, we've, Chris we've, is sickeningly grown up. <laughs> but we, um, what we can do is we all have our little like bits that we're all very good at individually. And when we combine those all together, we work fucking well as a team. So our yeah. point of this, this faction was it's, you know, Anderson Daniels and Troy Ryan representing Synergy or Jack Roberts representing Synergy or Keenan and Troy Ryan or whatever it is. Like in the same way that uh, before NXT UK, um, what was it fucking called? Uh, Imperium before it was Imperium. What the fuck were they called? Uh, you know what I mean? Like they weren't, you didn't have to have the whole faction within a show, but it was Volta of X and Y. Um, yeah. So that's like, that's how it started. It's kind of more like, um, like sort of how you get in the, in the Japanese wrestling, you know, like you've got your Suzuki guns and your, your chaos and stuff like that. And it's, you know, as, as Chris said, like, you know, I'd love to just spend every weekend, you know, helping out at a show and stuff like that. But it's not, we're not always able to sort of do that yeah. as much as, we, as much as we'd like to. And I think like the, the, the sort of original plan as well was because like with Miz when he got injured, or Keenan, I should say, is um, we wanted to kind of ease him back into it um, yeah. so he when he first started he was um not i wouldn't say like a manager's role and stuff like that but he, he could come to shows he could get experience and things like that and then um he could still be a part of it despite the fact that he was injured um and we've actually like played on that in storylines and stuff as well but i think when we first first came up with it it was when um cooper was just affiliated with future shock so that was essentially like how it worked with the guys before uh, that sort of like graduated as it were before us they would debut on future shock so we kind of had that in mind of um that we'd sort of start 
um, maybe as a team. And then Niz had this angle about being injured and um, being behind some of the other lads and stuff like that and, and a heel turn and stuff. So that was the whole original plan sort of back then. But then, you know, as, as we started to work in other places and stuff like that, we just kind of thought, you know, it, it's sort of like you say, belong, belonging to a faction, but we could do it in different combinations and stuff. Like, granted, yeah. Chris and I tend to wrestle together most of the time, you know, but, you know, well capable and happy with putting on a match with, with any of the other, other lads as well. So, I mean, you, you have, like, I mean, I've kind of found that with, um, you yeah, kind of making making teams into trios. If, I mean, chances are you, you've been at plenty of shows where someone's late, someone's no-showed, someone's injured, any one of a number of things, you know. Uh, I've been at shows where I won't name names, but one member of said you know, said team has asked for more, like for I think it was like double their wage on the day, and the promoter says you don't do this on the day, and then sack that person off and told them to get out their venue, and then they do have to go, and it's like well they were part of her, I think it's part of a trio, but luckily they got that second person to jump in and they you know I in. So does give that free bird rule, or is your case maybe a four four bird rule? Does that is that a thing? Yeah, sure, it's a thing. It is now. Okay, if it's not been before, I'm claiming that shit. I want royalties. I know little does like a full bird roast at Christmas, but I'm claiming that shit. Um, like it, it does make things easier, yeah. Especially from on the promoters' end, you know, from my end, looking on if if I'm booking, um, you know, two of two of synergy, and one of you, you know, breaks an ankle or whatever, rather than scrapping the entire team, it does make sense to go. Well, we've got two other guys we could slot in. Makes it fucking easier. Cool, we still got the original idea. Different, different people, but it just makes it more viable. It gives the promoter a lot more options. It gives a lot more scope, and it kind of shows that together stronger. You, even if you can't get all four of you on a card, you can still. You've got some uh, momentum. You've got each other's backs, and it just makes things fucking easier. I think as well because we've we've worked. All of, we, all of us have worked together in a tag team before as well. Like, let's say there was, for whatever reason, if me and Ryan were booked for a show, and for whatever reason, one of us had to drop out last minute, whether that be injury or whoever gives a fuck, like, the, whoever or one of the other boys jumped in, that we already have that, like, natural chemistry as a tag team. Yeah. So we can work a tag match and look like a tag team rather than being on the day being like, well, you know, I do this and you do this, so why don't I do my one first? I'll do a super kick first and then you can do your DDT or whatever. And we'll call that a double team. Like we yeah. have, there is a natural chemistry that's been built up because we have worked together as a tag team. I, I kind of, um, like no one else would know this and hopefully um, Jack doesn't think this, but last time I was at the Manchester press and Academy. Um, I think I was, to, I, was to, I spoke to yourselves before the show and obviously we'll get onto the super athletes idea. Um, after we've got the, the game shortly. So obviously that goes into this sort of future anyway, so obviously we'll come back to that bit. But I sat around and I was looking at Keenan and he, he'd already come down to my show a few months prior, helping out whatever he could do. And he's, obviously you know him better than I do, but he's a bloody nice guy, works his arse off, and he's just got something about him. Like I, I put a post up about him a couple of weeks ago. He's just got an it factor that I can't put into words. I just can't do it for whatever reason. So I, mean, cool. I spoke to you two, I spoke to him, and I didn't speak to Jack because I hadn't seen all that much of him. And I felt bad because I didn't have anything to give him. But sometimes I've just got to like sit with a talent and just think about it. And I was in straight my little you know, bum chin and 
come up with an idea and whatever. And I was, yeah, I, I did feel bad, but the amount of people that say, seriously, check him out, he, he's definitely one to watch. He's got an almost Arn Anderson kind of approach yeah. where he's not necessarily the, the loudest of the team, but he's got that workhorse kind of vibe to him. Um, yeah, I think Keenan's definitely the, the team's uh, heater. He's just got that naturally get under your skin kind of vibe to whenever I've seen him. When he stepped um, down sign, man, oh, like I was, I, 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 we were doing a spot and, I've, I've, and, and uh, the lad we were wrestling, his sister had come with a sign for him and I've got him in an arm bar and we're talking shit and stuff. Keenan grabs a sign off her and steps on it. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it was a bit, oh, is that, oh, it was great. Like, oh God, they hated him. They absolutely hated him. There's this picture that Tony Knox took of him just stamping on this poor girl's side. And it was just, but yeah, that's that's his job, you know, and he knows, yeah. he knows how to do it. He's been but, I mean, very well trained. So obviously, you're all really good friends. You're all you know, teammates, your brothers for, for, you know, for want of a better word. I can can you be objective with each other to say if so? Obviously, if you use you to as an example, obviously we'll we'll leave Keenan and Jack out of it for the time being. So uh, obviously with you, Chris, um, if yeah, Ryan was doing something that really didn't make sense, it was kind of pissing you off, something like that. Could you be really honestly objective and say, mate, for me, please just take a little, take a second. We need to address this, or is is I I'm trying to say this. Are you too close to be that objective? Or is no, there still that respect for when you go, look, this doesn't make fucking sense. We need to stop this. So I think I, we can do it with all four of us, but especially for me and Ryan as well. And again, it comes back to this American football thing. Like there is the number of times having played American football beforehand where you, you like, it, something works or... We lost him. I think we have lost him. No worries, but yeah, I suppose I'll pick up on that then. But like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a print screen of the face that, that he's pulling on uh, on the screen in a minute because he's going to hate us for that. <laughs> no, we, we, we're quite, we're, especially like Chris and I, we're, we're pretty good with that sort of thing. Like um, with with double teams that don't work or do work, and um, uh, can you hear me? Oh, oh he's back. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, my connection dropped out for a second. I don't know why. Um, we're, 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 we're keeping that in, and we we got some uh, we got like some screenshots of your face because you pulls on your face. It was pretty fucking funny. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that was your amusement for all of you. Go on, Ryan. I think Ryan started. Go on, Ryan. You're talking about football, mate. If something doesn't work, was, so yeah. Uh, let me let me find a good spot to start from again. So yeah. So coming from football, um, where like. If something's working or doesn't work, you have to have that honesty to be like, no, this isn't working. Let's do something else. And me and Ryan have like either through like our experiences when we're we're planning beforehand and we've said like, no, that's not going to work. This won't work for this reason. Or after a match where we've been like, you know what? That was a bit shit. Like we have the confidence to say like, no, it doesn't work. Let's not do that again. And I th- like we I think me and Ryan, especially with each other, we have to we are very aware that actually in the grand scheme of things, we've not been wrestling that long. Um, so we understand that we are there is a like a, a large degree of learning on the job on this, um, and you figure out like you have these like brilliant ideas that when you do them you're like no that was crap don't ever do that again, 
Um, but we, we, yeah, we we have we have had the conversations before, like and like and sometimes it does make like planning and stuff difficult because you get like I've had it before. I've had an idea in my head that I'm so fixated on. This is it, and it's the fucking must nuts. And then Ryan will say to me like, "No, it's shit because of this, this, and this." And I'm like, uh, uh, "Yeah, yeah, you're right." It stands out for me, I think, as well was, um, and as well, it was a real for me. The biggest learning curve was, and Coop's always said it to me: just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You yeah. Know? And I think when we, uh, it was our Future Shock uh, debut uh, against Luke and Ethan, who were ridiculous, were absolutely ridiculously good. And we went in, and we had all these ideas of, oh, I was going to do this like ridiculous flip or something, and you know, we'll do tandem deadlift power bombs, and we'll do all this, this, and this, and. We didn't end up doing any of it, but we didn't need to. And, you know, like, uh, they made a really good point, and they made us look like absolute monsters by the fact that we didn't do anything, you know, of, of selling the moves, of telling the story. And the, and the match ended up um, being quite well received, but we would have given away all, all these big moves for nothing, essentially, just, you know, like, on, 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 a, on a debut to say we could, you know. And, you know, we, we, we try and be a little bit more than, you know, of, of tell the story of, of the match of what we want to try and achieve and get the match over rather than Ryan's going to miss a moonsault or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I suppose it does always play in, especially with that, it does always play into always leaving wanting more. So it's maybe yeah. a bit of an eye with that, perhaps. So if you want to give, yeah, put £10 of shit into a £5 bag, it's just not going to work. And it depends on, on your sort of opponent and things like that. Is And that's something yeah. I think we enjoy with the super athlete gimmick. Because you can be a bit more super athletic, I suppose, and do something. Oh, I like what you've done. I like what you've done. Yeah. I mean, but you would be surprised. So I've been in this business since uh, May 2007. So you've gone past 13 years. And you'd be surprised how many tag teams you can look at them and think, they're, they're like like yourselves. They're closer than friends. They're they're like blood for all intents and purposes. They are brothers and all this sort of thing. And one of them will come up to you in the last bit of the match. And you say, "Look, you need to take this bit out. This doesn't make fucking sense." Or this move looks shit. Or his punches or his kicks or you something that doesn't quite fit. And you say, "Okay, oh, can you go and tell him because he's your partner?" I don't want to fucking tell him. I'm like what? That doesn't You're make tired. fucking sense. Was was the parking situation in London where I lost my shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only that is, time where I proper lost my shit. That is <laughs> the closest. So we were never oh closer God. to splitting as a tag team than this fucking <laughs> show. We were driving again, Iron Fist, and uh, we were driving down trying to get parked at the venue, and it was a long drive as well, and um, we just couldn't get parked. And Chris was on like sat nav duties, and I'm driving. I'm so stressed out. I've been in the car for about five or six hours. And we just couldn't find somewhere to park. There was like diversions and roadworks and stuff like that. And he just kept ripping me. And I was just like, I fucking hate London. It's awful. And he was just so like, oh, I, best place on earth. It's fantastic. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a London boy. I grew up in London. So I was dead excited to go back home. And like it was, so I, the, the sat nav had taken us through fucking Mordor and back just to, oh. get to, just to get to London. And we were driving and we finally found the venue and we'd driven past, like we'd seen other talent from the show like getting out of cars about a block away from the venue and there was nothing left. And we'd gone round and round. It was a one-way system and there was no parking and the fines were like, if you park here for more than one minute, you get a 500-pound fine. And Ryan was there, like, just getting... And people were, like, pulling out all the time. London drivers pulling out, pulling out. And Ryan was like, I'm just... I'm losing this. I'm lo-. And I was there, like, oh, there's a space. But really, went, nah, there's a fucking space there. And I've never <laughs> seen... Fine. 
so long as there's parking. Like, that's the one thing that's going to fucking ruin us is, is the parking situation. I mean, are, are, you that, are you that guy that if you go into, like, a multi-storey car park, you're going up the... The, the bits or whatever. You, uh, do you like lose your shit if you go to pull in and there's like a Cinquecento part behind the big car? No, because I, so I, I, I drive an Igo. It's me, me, me and Chris driving how, a car. We look like Bowser and Donkey Kong. How do you fit? Like, how the bloody hell do you fit it, in a we'll, Toyota bloody Igo? We'll get, we'll like, we'll get four of us in normally. They look like uh, Mr. Incredible, you know, he's driving it. <laughs> It's, um, uh, it's very economical, that's my argument. But, he's uh, got an Igo and I've got a Fiat 500. It's he has. Embarrassing. <laughs> like Mario Kart. Wow. Yeah. Like, if we're trying to push you guys as a new, upcoming, cool tag team, I don't know if, like, giving one of you the in-betweeners car is, is, okay. is going is to do it. <laughs> if, if you want to do that, we'll park around the corner so no one has to see. That's... Like, is, is the Fiat, is the Fiat well, at least, what, what colour is the Fiat? It is it's cream. It, it's the it's... hairdresser's one. Nice. It's, it's the yeah. It's the peak hairdressers, peak basic. My argue, my my excuses is my wife's car. Um, I mean, oh god. Yeah, well, I, I I don't even drive, but like I'm not, I, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay to criticise. I'm, I'm just calling. I'm just going to call it out. It, it doesn't quite fit in with the uh, the super athlete chic that we've uh, kind of been trying to put together. There's a reason you don't see the promos in it. Ah, touche. But before we do get on to the, obviously, talking about the future, which is uh, the Super Athletes, we've got another little game show segment. And usually, for the past series, we uh, knocked up three envelopes, the guests picked A, B, or C, and they got to pick a random game out. Um, We could have cheated, eaten, whatever, but I was like, no, no, we're going to write three three games for each person, and they'll pick a random envelope. Now, for season three that we're starting with today, we're changing the rules up slightly because we've got you both on. You are, for all intents and purposes, like an old married couple. I think when people listen to this back, it's fair to say you are like an old married couple. People can say that about me and my DJ Chris, me and Dave Davecchio. I'm, I'm sensing a pattern. Maybe it's me. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but you t- if you're close to your friend, you, you will at some point be called each other's wives or old married couple, whatever. So on that basis, well, I want to do a round of Mr. and Mr. <laughs> if you both call that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. I, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Right? I was... Um, like I don't do many notes for this show. I'd, I'd like to wing it. I mean, I like to wing life, you know, which kind of explains why I'm in the shit that I'm in. But I, I was just about to uh, to nod off asleep, and I thought, oh, I'll write it in the morning. I'll come up with a game show for them. Just about to nod off, and something clicked in my head. I was like, oh, give me a fucking pen. Give me a fucking pen. And I'm luckily I've got a notepad next to my desk, uh, next to my bed, and like woke myself up just to go write down Mr. and Mrs. Obviously, the S on the end of Missy's is kind of in brackets. I started thinking of loads of questions I could ask you both that might embarrass you slightly. But I think we're going to all take it all in jest anyway. So, Oh, yeah, 100%. If you're both cool with this. So I'm going to ask you a question. You need to think about it. And then on the count of three, you're both going to either say, um, if you think it's you, say obviously uh, say your name. If you think it's the other, say say their name. And we'll see if you both agree or if you disagree, <laughs> or if you're willing to even chuck yourself under the bus. I'm sure we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, so the two of you go out for a meal. Who is the most likely to not pick up that bill? 
You ready? Yeah, I'm three, ready. Three, two, one. Press. Anderson. Yeah, 100% <laughs> me. I, I will, so I, in fact, I will, I will argue to say that I owe... I owe Ryan a lot of meals um, <laughs> through that, so I, I, I would that would be my contestant. But on previous form, I think we've we've bought gear, tag team gear twice now. I think, and both times Ryan's had to foot the bill, and I've paid him back very slowly. And I probably owe him money still for gear, which I apologise for, <laughs> and we'll pay him back at some point. It's I, you know, I have a mortgage, I have all this stuff going on. I very rarely have disposable income. So when it's like, oh, we need gear, and I've got a wife there being like, oh, we need a new fucking sofa, <laughs> that's a hard battle to win. So Ryan's like my, Ryan's, uh, Ryan is my, what's the word? He's like my liaison into the wrestling world. Okay. I'm, I'm an he's, enabler. I want he's, he's my so enabler. That's it. But the thing is, it's like, I'm bad for it as well. Like when we got the t shirts, we got the gear, we got whatever. I just want it. You know, mm. um, but the problem is, is because there's bloody two of us and he's got to have it as well. So, but I want yeah. it, so we're having it. <laughs> you can worry about the money later. So, but, in, yeah. in every in every team, there is always one that's always putting in like the fifty one percent, and the other one's the forty nine. It's never fifty fifty. I don't care what anyone says. So, all listening to this in a tag team, you no, know, no, we are directly down the middle. You fucking not. There is always no, one that, that's a little bit ahead in terms of uh, putting. Putting the money in, putting the bill, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so who out of the team is most likely to turn up to a show with unwashed gear? Three, two, one. Chris. <laughs> Easy. Straight up. And uh, I'm not even sorry. I barely ever wash my gear. Oh, like, I, I don't wash my gear until I know it needs washing. Um, the, the last one, I washed it for you. You did wash <laughs> it for me. In my... Uh, oh, yeah, not fair. You did wash my gear for me. Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm not. So I will say, in my like, not my defence. This is not a defence at all. This is my <laughs> excuse. In my in my wrestling bag lives a bottle of Febreze, so it always gets a student wash before before a show. Um, it just doesn't always get you know the full the full wash. Oh, I got you. I ran the lukewarm bath. We did it by hand. You know, there's a bit a bit, bit a bit of time, care, and attention put into that. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I will be completely honest. I reckon my super athletes gear is still unwashed. <laughs> since since the 7th of March. <laughs> I've not needed it since, have I? Oh my God. Right, new rule from now as well. I'll, 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 I'm on kit duty. I'll be back playing football again. You're the kit man. I am the kit man. Yeah, that's a new rule. Then. Oh my fucking God. Uh, I, I can guess which one of you is the wife. I'm just going to leave that comment there. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, it's you, know what, you know what? Like, it's not a bad thing. Like I had um, um, our announcer, Mr. Daniel Terry. He, he, lived, he ended up living with me for the best part of six months. And I was the moaniest housewife to him ever. He'd sit in his room playing Dungeons and Dragons. He's got loads of like 20-sided dice and all this crazy shit. And I'd be sat in like the living room like, banging on the ceiling above saying you're not putting your washing in so i get it i get it i get it i get it it's, it's not what uh, he said Chris. it's how he said it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god all right a couple more couple more yeah go on, go on so if a synergy or the super athletes you get your debut in wwe and they happen to have brought in the steiner brothers for you to go against the steiners are going over and they uh, ask you to, 
who are they pinning? So, out of your opinions, who's going to uh, take the bullet for this one? Three, two, one. Ryan. Absolutely. Easiest. That's oh, the easiest just, question I've ever asked. Like, yeah. I, I, I'd pay them for the Frankensteiner, honestly. <laughs> in all seriousness, wow. they are probably the best. Well, it's between them and the Road Warriors, in my opinion, would be the best tag team ever. Obviously, American males are outside of this, but... Uh, but yeah, it's between the Steiner brothers and, and the Road Warriors, and like I'm sure everybody knows, <laughs> I'm probably Scott Steiner's biggest fan. I think he's incredible, he's hilarious. Um, so yeah, 100. If it wants to be the Steiner eyes and the screwdriver, I'm having that. Yeah, take that, take that move, take that pin. I'm gonna put this out there. Ryan has a picture of Scott Steiner on his bedside table. Tell me I'm lying. There's a story about that. There's a, there's, uh, there's, there's, is it, am I lying? Am I lying? It's, it's, it's a, in the draw. It's in the draw. It's, it's oh, yeah, of course it is. It's face down. Is it laminated? <laughs> oh, Jim, it's framed. Uh, that was my secret oh, Santa God. present. That was my secret Santa present. Um, and yeah, so that lives in my, in my bedside table drawer. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't come out, but it, it, I just know it's there. <laughs> Do you, do you kiss it before you drop off asleep? Like little, wow, little night, night, Scotty. Yeah, just, like, on a... just, just like a little candle next to it. I mean, no, no. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Right, we, 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 we've got two more. We, we're going to get through them. We are going to get through them. Oh, my fucking God. So, nice, little easy one. Then we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the last one, which is a bit mean of me, but it is what it is. Which is more important? So it's not a picking each other, but which is more important? Is it the tan or the scran? Three, two, one. Scran. Well played. Well played. And last but not least, you've you've been told that synergy has to become a trio. Has to become a trio. Oh no! I am am going there. Oh no! And you are only allowed to keep either Jack. Or Keenian. No. You can only keep one. You can't trade yourself out. Oh, yeah, I'm playing that card I'll tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pick me. I was like, I'll go. I ain't got many years left in me. I'll be injured for too long. Fuck. You, you, can, you can show a little bit of mercy and say, and think of which one of those guys would do better as singles, not which do you need more in the trios. That's a bit more merciful. Yeah, right, yeah, I'm are, ready. Are you asking us who we keep or who we, who's who's, who's chopped? Who's gone? Also, if we get rid, can we do that thing like where Batista did the little thumbs up thumbs down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. So who, who am I? Who am I? Electric chair dropping? Can I say Romans didn't do that? They didn't have a thumbs down. That's complete bollocks. No, they, had up, yeah. they had an up and it's to the uh, side. Yeah, that's, that's fucking it. it. Yeah. Um, so on the count of three, you're gonna tell me, kind of like Big Brother, who who you who are you fucking evicted? Who's evicted? So it's, it's either Jack. Or it's keen, and now they might listen to this podcast. They might not listen to this podcast. They probably will. We talked about it. <laughs> I did. I did say I wouldn't cost you bookings. I didn't say I wouldn't cost you friends. So uh, on the count of three, it's either Jack or Keenan. Three, two, one. Keenan. Um, for me, the reason being is okay. he absolutely doesn't do this. You know, no. I'm not saying that Jack does, but he's um, you know like the stuff that he's doing down in London. And the caliber of people that he's working with and training with, like he'll he'll be doing this long after Chris has settled down with little baby Troy, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like if he, 
like even if he never if he just stayed in London the whole time like that was and for whatever reason he set up base camp in London and just worked out of London he would he will fucking surpass myself and Ryan in no time regardless of anything else like it's just some of the some of the matches he sends us, some of the shit we see from his training and stuff like that the guy's nuts just yeah. nuts 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 good um, what I would say though is Keenan please don't leave because yeah, we do intend to, we really want to ride your coattails for as long as possible um <laughs> And uh, I, you know, I'm hoping I can pay off my mortgage on the back of you. So just you know, keep that in mind. Now, um, I, I've got to say, I didn't think of all these questions. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine, a girl named Callie, kind of came up with a few questions. Now, she's been to a few shows where she was a bit uncertain of who the super athletes were. But I explained to her the old the idea of Mr. and Mrs. And her exact comment, and when she listens to this, she might send me a text calling me a dickhead. But... I said, look, I need to ask the super athletes some que- Mr. and Mrs. questions. Can you give me some examples? Because I've got a few by one of few outsiders. Her exact text read, are they the clap, clap, hiss guys, or are they the little purple brothers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. I love that. The little purple brothers. So again, <laughs> Draper, Draper brothers, if you listen to this, apologies. That, that's not on me. That ain't on me. Um, uh, I'm stealing so, that for a promo. 100%, yeah. But how, how that came about was um, we were doing a show once and we were backstage and we said, like, because uh, basically, like, with the whole, like, sort of jock douche kind of gimmick that we've got. I say it's a gimmick, but, you know, that we've got going on. Um, I, I just joked once. I think I've watched the film and I just said, like, do you ever think that we're just, like, one step away from being, like, the baddies in Dodgeball? And then Chris just kind of looked at me and goes, what if we were the baddies in Dodgeball? And then so we came out, we just we just did it on the fly on the entrance. And we did the, you know, the and it really got over there, didn't it? And you got all yeah. the little kids doing it back to us and stuff. So we were like, oh, we'll just keep doing it then. You know, yeah. it, was, it was just because one of us had watched Dodgeball. Was like, yeah, it's dead funny. I mean, I think this this is the perfect opportunity. So we've done the past, we've done the present. Now we are gonna have to talk about the future. Yeah. Now the super athletes. So obviously I know I kind of had a hand in putting this together. But I didn't quite have as much of a hand in putting this together as I'd like to imagine. You two took this and fucking ran with it. Because I, I, I can't remember which showcase. I think it was showcase five, perhaps. I can't remember which one it was. Um, I had an idea that I wanted to pitch you both as doing um, UK Gladiators. Um, and I just thought, like, size-wise, you've got it. Charm and character, personality-wise... You guys have got it. And you could tell them all individually. You know, that was just what the UK Gladiators was. You knew who Warrior was. You knew who Rhino was. You knew everyone knew who Jet was. Oh, everyone. Yeah, yeah everyone. Still fit. Still fit. Yeah. And I love the idea of having, um, like, the essence of the UK Gladiators in a British wrestling tag team. And I kind of had this idea tucked away. Um, <clears throat> but I've not found the right person, uh, sorry, persons to display it's like i've got lots of ideas kind of tucked away and it just started clicking and thought if there's anyone that can do this justice it's going to be you two but i honest to god thought you two were going to laugh in my fucking face i i didn't i because i didn't know you that well i didn't know the comedy you're into and the the movies and the films and, and the music and all this sort of stuff that you're into like dodgeball and stuff like that so I remember kind of taking you to one side 
and we sat down and I was a bit nervous because I'm not going to lie to you, you guys probably outweigh me three to one. <laughs> so it's a bit intimidating. Even though I'm a promoter, I'm still in the right mind. If I pitch them something bad, they could pretty much kill me and there's not too much I could do about it. So there's, 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 always, there's always an error. I know it sounds stupid, but there's always an error of that. So I'm sat, I'm sat you know, with you and you two are sat in the ring. I'm sat in a chair and I'm trying to find a way to explain it. And I'm trying to like read you. Um, I'm trying to like look at your facial expressions to see if you're going to go, um, yeah, we'll give that a go with the voice that goes up. Whereas really you don't want to fucking do it. You just don't want to upset my feelings. You know, I get, I get that a lot. I'll pitch ideas and just part and parcel of being a promoter. So it's what it is. So I'm sat and I won't, I, I can't forget this. I've got the picture up on my phone. If um, it's like a UK gladiators, uh, roster picture and I'm fanning around. I like, look, I'm just going to come out with it. What I want to do is a UK Gladiators kind of deal. And I turned my phone around and showed you both. And your eyes, both of your eyes, went fucking massive. They were like tea saucers, like bright white eyes. And I didn't know which way to take it. I'm thinking, oh, shit, I've upset them. And this is at the start of the show. I've got to spend a good three, four hours with these guys. So I, I didn't know what to do. And you guys just cut me off and just went, oh, blade and laser. And now I didn't know what blade and laser meant. Like, I mean, I've seen Dodgeball, but it, it wasn't, it didn't really do all that much for me. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's weird because it feels like you guys had already had an idea to do something like this anyway. And then it just, it's one of those, like Chris said, you know, don't believe in fate. But I'd kind of put the other half of the puzzle out there. You guys already had the other half of that puzzle as well. And somehow we just all knew what the fuck we were doing. And the Super Athletes was born. It's... Yeah, I think... Go on, go on, Ryan. Yeah, so, like, I think it was, it was a case of good timing as well. I mean, to be honest, we'd all, always be interested in that, sort of, in that sort of thing. But we had literally just started doing the whole, like, you know, because a lot of our, like, promos and a lot of the stuff, it's, it, it, you know, it revolves around being big dudes and we like going to the gym and stuff like that. But we had literally just started doing the sort of like henchman type, you know, dodgeball thing. And then when you sort of presented this with us, to, to I love Gladiators as well. It was my favourite show as a kid. And um, and it just seemed to think like, yeah, yeah, perfect. And it just proper fitted in with what I think we wanted to do, really. I mean, it was a very, very easy sell. I mean, this like... It wasn't a sell, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's. I mean, sometimes like I will pitch people ideas, and you can just see them. They don't want to upset my feelings because promoters come to them, and it's not always a case of. Not all promoters reach out to talent to say, "I've got an idea for you." I I just like being a part of the creative process, and and it seems to be the only thing I'm capable of doing. I'm, I can't drive. I'm cra- I can't speak languages. I'm. My GCSEs aren't worth shit, but I can come up with you know, scenarios and solutions, character traits, and all that sort of thing. So I always want to pitch them to people, and sometimes it's like they go, "Yeah, that ain't for me, mate. Fuck that." And then it just seemed to be such an easy transition into, "I don't want to." It's not about I don't want synergy. That that was the hardest thing for me when people were talking about, "Oh, have you seen synergy?" Yeah, we've got them on our show, but they're not synergy. It was more, I see Keenan as a really cocky face. I've got another idea in the back of my head for Jack. So the four of you won't necessarily be together. So I want something new that just you two can do. And then if we include that many to, down the line, that's cool. But I kind of want to 
what, this is going to sound bad. Not that Joe Vince McMahon's always classed with. He wants to create his own, so he's got his own trademarks on talent. He doesn't want you to come in with a name that you've already got, with, with some exceptions, obviously. Um, but I think it's not necessarily always that. I think it's m- maybe a case of if you go to anywhere up and down the country, chances are you can see such and such NXT UK talent. You can see this team, this 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 girl, this guy, whatever. Nothing's really unique anymore, especially with social media. You can find out all the shows in your area. You can go to any one, any number of them. I wanted something unique, and we're coming up with a brand new spanking idea, focusing more on that gladiators, focusing more on the dodgeball, focusing more on, on a bit more Jim Jock douchebag. I think we had something unique that no one else could see anywhere else. What I was very uneasy with yeah, because synergy works there's no two ways about it synergy fucking works uh, I know it you guys know to anyone that's seen you guys fucking knows it and that was the hardest thing I had to kind of battle with because I didn't want to not shit on it but I didn't want to dismiss it but so in, think... in, ter- sorry, so in terms of like putting obviously the super athletes together and uh, were you guys okay with this were you, were you excited to have another string to your bow because it wasn't erasing synergy it was adding something to your repertoire it was giving you something additional i think yeah i think so me and ryan have, have spoken about this quite a lot i think one of the things that i i and i would say for ryan as well that we really pride ourselves on is we feel that we can do whatever the job whatever job the promoter wants us to do so, like, I, for me personally, the way I view wrestling is that we are, we're there as entertainers. That is our job to entertain the crowd. Now, whatever role that needs to be, it will be. If that needs to be that we are, uh, like we said, like the, the, the dumb, cocky, jock, Healy types, and that's what we'll do. If we need to be, like, the, the serious muscle um, kind of baddies, we'll do that. If we need to be, like the, uh, like, the cocky powerhouses that we are at Manchester Pro Wrestling, for example, we can do that. And we're... Um, well, before lockdown started, we were also starting to do kind of more things where we were going kind of face in some places, and we felt very confident in doing that. Like our 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 philosophy when we're working with companies has always been we will solve the promoter's problem. So if, a pro- yeah. if we go to promoter and they they in their opinion, if they feel like they have what they need out of big guys, out of big powerhouse guys, and they don't see a role for us, that's absolutely fucking fine, a hundred percent. Because you don't need us, so don't use us. Like don't don't use us like don't don't force us into don't force us into a hole we don't fit in. Like this is what we are. Whatever you need out of a big guy pairing, me and Ryan feel we can fit that. If you don't need us, absolutely fucking fine. So when you came to us and said like, oh, we've got this, I've got this idea. It's essentially essentially gladiators in wrestling. I think in my mind, I was like, fucking yes, we can get we can do that. We can get that over, and that is like. That was the the need that you had, and I was a hundred and seventy fucking three percent confident that me and Ryan could absolutely pull that off and excel in it. Which after what, after one appearance, I feel like we've done well so far. And and that's the thing is is it's it's about re, it's about understanding you know uh, the, the the promoter and understanding the promotion as well. Yeah. So like you know we we don't feel we're 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 above sort of doing. Like so, we did the we did the battle sticks comedy spot, and it was it was yeah. good. It was funny, you know, like, and the crowd loved it. But would that be um, something that we'd probably do, you know, in, in a serious tag match at Future Shock? Of course it isn't, you know. But um, I think just expanding on what Chris kind of said is like, yeah, if if you know, if you're, um, I think 
a problem is, is I think you've actually said it to us before, Phil, is that some people say like, oh, I work heel and face, I'm a flyer and I do strong style and I do this and I do that and I do that. I think like we, I, I, I feel we're more than just, you know, two, two big lumps that do suplexes, whatever, you know, like we, we, you know, we, we put an awful lot of time in outside of wrestling and put the work yeah. in and, and, you know, like we can, you know, hence the super athlete gimmick, we can do certain things that you would maybe wouldn't be, uh, expect us uh, to sort of be able to do. Uh, but equally, as, as we sort of found out, like, you know, the matches at Future Shock, you know, like it, it's about understanding what, what that crowd want and what that, and what that match is, is all about. Um, so, so we, we, you know, we are versatile to a point. We're on a spectrum of being super serious, enforcer, heels, whatever, to, you know, goofy comedy faces. We're on that spectrum. Equally, if you want to book uh, a high-flying, um, you know, young tag team, and that's probably not us. So we wouldn't try and, and sort of take that spot and, and, and lie and say to you that this is something that we're capable of. Equally, if yeah. you want in a sort of super technical... Uh, that's that's Jack's bag, you know. That's you know, get him along for that. That's probably not um, something that we that we be doing together. So, yeah, it, that that's it. Really, is that um, solving a promoter's problem um, and not trying to pretend you're something that you that you're not. I suppose. Yeah, because yeah. I I don't like names wise. Like for yourself, obviously, Beast and Destroyer. We went back and forwards a lot because we had to make sure that not only did any did any of those names not be used in wrestling, which trying to find you. Know, it, Social media and uh, all this sort of stuff, your know, names haven't been used already. It's fucking difficult. And we have to make sure that no gladiators, not just the UK, but no Australian, no uh, American, all these different like variations of gladiators, they haven't used them. Yeah. So we kind of went back and forth, backwards and forwards on that for, for ages. I, I don't actually know where the super athlete's name actually came from because I know we talked about a couple. And I don't remember which of the two of you said ladiators. Which at first, <laughs> at first I thought that sounded like a... I'm going to pick my words very fucking carefully. I, it sounds like a club in Soho. <laughs> you should, you should Plus, see DMs, yeah. <laughs> like, where did the super athletes come from? Because I, I know that was like the last note you got left on. I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe ladiators. Then from nowhere, this is what we're doing. Because you actually didn't say... Is this okay? You said we're going to be the super athletes, and I was like, okay, cool. They've taken charge. They must have done um, some like research on it. They know it's not there already. They, they've decided, fuck it, yeah, we'll go with that. This this was actually um, that was it was the commentary, wasn't it, on the yeah. uh, for our future shop debut of um, so um, a lad called Sam. His, his wrestling name's Oscar Byron. And uh, he's got a, he's got a brilliant he's got a brilliant gear. I think you really like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's been down to my shows a few yeah, times. We we haven't had a chance to to, to yeah, get. To. It's yeah, brilliant sort of champagne socialist type, you know. And he's he's he's, he's great. But he was doing um, he was doing commentary uh, on our match, and uh, you know, so they'd ask before uh, what like the move names and stuff were. But like in order to try and get us over as these sort of big powerhouses compared to the young guns, he kept referring to us as super athletes. We just thought it was brilliant. It's hilarious. Um, so you know, and he was dead proud of himself going back and going, "Oh, it was so funny. I called you this," and we were just like, "Yeah, that's case." And um, we'd already spoke to you, I think, about the idea at this point. So then yeah. we were like, oh, "That just, I think it just works." I mean, it's got that kind of late late eighties, early nineties. Uh, kind of vibe to it, which I kind of think lends to the gladiators. You know, the um, 
What was uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, their team called? Mega Powers. Super power, mega Powers. Mega Powers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it almost sounds a bit cliche, a bit cheesy. Yeah. But it just it hangs on at the last minute. And so when you said super athletes, like, I was still contemplating gladiators. Like, I fucking hated it when whichever one of you said gladiators to, to start with. I think I was in work or something when you said it. I went, fucking shit. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even started, I'm sorry. It started to then grow on me. I think I actually messaged and said, you know what? If you did want to do gladiators, I'm just saying it's it's, it's pretty it's, it's like, pretty cool. Like, got everything figured out, and then we're like, shit, we need to be filling there and need to be filling it. Yeah, that was like a sort of placeholder name. Like we knew it was shite, but like we needed somewhere. I think like gladiators, it's that thing where it's got that instant. Oh, I see what you've done. That 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 that's good. It's got that instant funniness. I think that will deteriorate over time. Where super super athletes will kind of stick at that certain point. It's just got a quality to it. So I think we made the right as well. You made the right decision. It's it's you know it's your team. It was your it was your decision. Uh, I think in, in the end you did make the right decision. Super athletes definitely definitely works. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always quite ironic as well when no one sees me doing cardio drills at training, so they don't actually know that it's all it's all a sham. And I am not athletic in the slightest. <laughs> I'll let Ryan do all the cool stuff. I'll just do the crowds of shit. It's just right because I know we're coming up on on the top side of sort of two hours. I've got to hit on this before we before we sign off. Now, what you've just said there, I wish to God more people understood that. Like, like you can do a suplex. Ryan can do a suplex. I can do it. Even me can do a suplex. My DJ Chris can do a suplex. Now, varying degrees of. Um, how good they look, and obviously depending on all our sizes, whatever. But in terms of the move, we can each do that move. We, but it's how we present it that I think makes wrestling uh, the, the best thing in the world. And I think not enough people focus on being able to find their voice and to to talk. They just want to. Oh, I want to get the moves. I want to get the moves. I want, I want to do strong style. I want to do kicks. Well. Who are you? You're just some dude that can do kicks and playing gear with no personality. There's a reason why Hulk Hogan's a multi, 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 multi millionaire, and John Cena, multi, multi, multi millionaire. Not necessarily the best technical wizards. Characters will always get over. Fun will always get over. Chances are, if you've got a like, there'll be a pub or something that you've either got or been to in your younger years. There's a bit of a shithole, but it's a, it was a good laugh. So it kind of holds that memory in your heart. It doesn't have to have the best drinks. There'll be an Alsatian in the corner, sipping a pint. There'll be a barmaid with, with like STD in, in, in a lip. It's characters. <laughs> I know that's fucking weird to say, especially on the podcast. But it's characters. And if it was just a plain old pub, smelling of disinfectant because they're really cold and clinical and professional, it wouldn't be fun anymore. And wrestling's meant to be fun. And I wish more people took that stance of learning how to talk, learning how to find their voice, learning how to talk to a crowd. Because some people, it's like pulling teeth. And they could have been in this business 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years, and they'll, they'll, just, they'll give nothing more to the crowd other than, you shut up. Wow. So there, was, I, there were two points where this, that really got over to me. And there was the, the first time you came to see one of our showcases. I can't remember which one it was. It was an early one. And me, it might have just been me and Ryan. It might have been a trio. I can't remember. But anyway, we got to the heat. 
and we did a we did a lot in the heat. Like I remember being fucking gassed by the end of the heat. By the end of the heat, we just kept like chucking more. I think we had like fucking four hope spots, a double down, the hot t- like it was the most exhausting match I've ever done in my life. And I remember you coming over to us and just saying like the match really good, this well, this well, but just like cut out half the shit from the heat and just like just relax. Don't do less. Do less. Get your character over more. And it's one of those things where, like, you hear, and especially then, because we'd only been wrestling for, like, six, seven, eight months. I don't know how long it was at that point. Like, you hear it, but you don't re- like, it goes in, but you don't really get it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then not long after, I think it must have been, like, maybe a couple of weeks after, we were, we helped out at a um, uh, World of Sports show. They were doing their, you know, their live shows, and it was at Blackpool yeah. Arena. Not Blackpool Arena, at the um, Tower. And we were we were there, and we were watching the show from the rafters, and it was Crater versus someone I can't remember who. Now don't get me wrong, obviously for Crater's a little bit different because the guy's a fucking behemoth. Yeah. But he literally in his beatdown, he would stomp on the guy, he'd give the guy a stomp, the guy would sell off, and he literally just went round each corner of the ring, gave the crowd some shit, went back, stomped the guy, and he was the most hated heel out of everyone there. And like there was some fucking talent on that show. There was you know, like I remember Shah Samuels was there. there were, who the fuck was Adam Max dead? Adam Max is dead good. Adam Max there was like there was a load of very very talented wrestlers. It was, the, it was a silly talented roster, but he was the one that got the most heat, and he did by far the least, by far the least stuff. And from that point onwards, I was like, like you, you know, when you see it and you're there live, and the the crowd for that show was awesome as well. It was a really good crowd. And he just it, everything kind of clicked. And if I'm honest with you, I've stolen half the shit the creator did in that beatdown because it works so fucking well. And I'm stealing it for myself, and I'm not apologising to him unless he's in front of me because he's fucking massive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was that was the moment where I was like, yeah, I get it. Like actually, just in terms of the beatdown or beatdown part of a match, it literally, I you can stomp a guy once in a minute, and that's all you need to do. You don't need to do move after move after move because. It's not the point of what you're trying to do. You're not trying to be impressive at that point. You're just trying yeah. to get the crowd to fucking hate you. Or you're trying to get, if you're the face, you're trying to get the crowd onto your side, which if you're constantly just getting yeeted onto your back and from pillar to post, you don't have a chance to do. That was the one point where I really, like, I, I got I got being a heel, I'd say. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, sometimes we're all, obviously we're getting close, we'll, we'll kind of like start to wrap this up a little bit now, but as we've been talking about, the, obviously, the future of Synergy, the future of the Super Athletes, the future of yourselves as well, uh, whether it be singles or whatever, what would you say, what is in your future in terms of being a performer? I mean, I would you want to do a bit of something else in terms of commentary, announcing, or is it literally just a case of if we want to wrestle, and when the wrestling's done, we're done? Do you want to go first on that? So for me, like, for me, I have no clue, if I'm honest. I'm going to wrestle for as long as I can wrestle. And when either life or my body catches up with me, I'll figure out where the fuck I am at that point. Um, I've said before, like, if so let's say, so for me personally, if I blew my knee out tomorrow, and, like, it was a point of being, like, two years before I could wrestle again, and it was then I was having to make decisions. I'd probably try and go into refereeing, if I'm honest, which I think would be hilarious because I'd be the biggest ref in the fucking country. Um, but also, like, when we're at training, honestly, I fucking love wrestling. Refing is great because like, I don't, you just get to see so much more of the match. And obviously, like, you still are a part, physically, you are a part of the match because you're helping to call the match and do all that kind of stuff. I yeah. love refing. So, off the top of my head, I'd say that would be the next place I'd go. 
but I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not even considering that shit. I'm just going to wrestle for as long as I can wrestle and get as much done and get as far as I can from there. Um, well, I say I am. I'm going to cling on to Ryan, Jack, and Keenan's coattails for as long as I can do it. <laughs> Hope that I manage to blag myself somewhere. I think that's the thing is, um, I know this whole, you know, the lockdown and the, uh, the situation's not come up to time for anyone. Um, it was just a little bit of a shame for us because we had a lot of new promotions that we were going to um, start working at as well. Um, yeah. We were really looking forward to. And the other thing that we were, um, uh, that we were looking forward to is we've never worked um, as, as faces as a team as well. There's a couple of places where we were looking at working face as well, and we'd, we'd planned like the absolute mother of all hot tag, weren't we? It's going to be <laughs> finally get to do it. It's absolutely awesome, and I can't wait to do it. So um, it's just it was a bit of a shame because it felt like we were getting a little bit momentum. I know it feels like that for everyone um, of, of working in some new places and stuff like that, and that, that we were looking forward to. So I, I, I don't know. I guess in the in the in, in the immediate future, you know, we just want to wrestle in as many places as we can um, and have as much fun as we can. Like I think that's that's the viewpoint we take because you know we spent a lot of years playing sports. As, as Chris said, you know, we're not we're not seventeen. Unfortunately, I wish I, I wish I did get into it around seventeen. So that we just kind of take every 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 match as it comes, and I know it sounds a little bit corny, but you know we don't know when we'll we'll redo it again. You know, like yeah. you know, I, that was a wake up call for me that time I botched that backflip off you and nearly broke my knee, and I thought like shit, you know that that could have done me that. So like it's just a case of appreciating each match um, and, and enjoying it. So you know where, where, wherever we can wrestle and whoever we can wrestle, we just, we just yeah. enjoy. It. I mean. I think uh, I think a lot of people. I mean, you, what you've been in this business for what three years? There were thereabouts. Started training yeah. three years. Ago. Yeah, we'll, we'll say so. Three. I think again, I'm, I'm gonna have to blow some smoke up your ass. And uh, apologies if you get a bit red in the face or whatever. I wish a lot of people would be that kind of humble. Now, I'm not gonna name names. I'd fucking love to because this really fucking wound me up. I was on a show up north, and there was some silliness going on in the ring. There was like some guys wrestling in onesies. Now the crowd were fucking loving it. Like they couldn't get enough. Now for me, that's all I need to know. As a promoter, as a performer, if the crowd are into it, they've paid to, to, to come in. And if the crowd are responding, that's all I need to know. And I was stood on stage and with, I think I was with Ryan Might and a couple other people. And there was a tag team there. Again, I won't name them, but they were quite sort of youngish guys. And they just were like, <laughs> Won't catch me doing that. Have people fucking laughing at me, <laughs> and it and, and it riled me up really yeah. badly. And because I think well, because I think Keith Myers on the show previously dressed dressed up as Santa. He's dressed up as Deidre Barlow on, on PCW. Yeah, Bray yeah, Bray Myers. Uh, Rick Flair's dropping elbows on his fucking suit jacket. You know what I mean? And you go, if yeah. these guys can do it. What fucking excuse have you got? If they're cool with doing it, you shouldn't feel like you're above doing any of that. People come to wrestling to be entertained, to have fun. That People get into it because it's fun, to take their mind off real-world shit. That's the point. And whenever I've been around you two, on that last showcase I was at, I think it was five, you were against... Was it? Da- uh, I don't know the rest of the team. Is Dynamite Lee? Yeah. Yeah, and he got his little light, the fuse move in there. Where he licks yeah. the tip of his fingers. And when yeah. I suggest, again, this is that thing where I suggested that move to him, and I was expecting him to go, fuck off, dude. And I was expecting you to say it as well, because when I told him, you were there. And he said, okay, I'll do it. 
says to you, this is what we're going to do, and you didn't even bat an eyelid, you're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, so I think for me, yeah. for me personally, yeah. like, my, the end of my American football career wasn't an enjoyable one, like, for certain reasons that don't. So for me, I'm like, that's not how I'm going to treat wrestling at all. I'm just going to enjoy this shit. Um, and if I can make as many other people enjoy it as well, then that's me doing my job. And I've earned my, my, I've earned my wage and I can go home happy. Equally as well, like, as you said, you know, in that situation, the guys in the onesies and stuff were getting the crowd on side and things. But if they'd have yeah. turned up to one of the more serious, maybe like hybrid style wrestler events, it wouldn't work. People would be there like, you know, what the hell is this? And it doesn't fit what they're trying to do at that time. So yeah. you know, that kind of goes back to what we're saying is that I feel we could do the spectrum from serious to funny, dependent on what people want. But it's about understanding what works in yeah. what place, you know, like, um, and, and that's kind of an example of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah it does. Know. It works. It works Sorry, both ways on it because we, we've seen it as well, where like at shows where they're looking for that, um, like you know, the onesie, the fun type, the like that kind of show. We've you know we've seen people put on like big daft like indie hybrid matches and it just the crowd doesn't react to it because that's not what they're looking for and that's that's fine that's if, if the crowd if that's what the crowd wants then give them that and everyone's fucking happy and if the crowd wants hybrid style strong style all that kind of thing then do that because that's what the crowd wants and everyone gets their money's worth everyone's happy everyone like we said escapes reality for a little bit one's not better than the other it's just a case of no yeah i mean for, i mean i i, I agree with that to a point but i always think like funny will always draw money that's what i've always kind of said like i went to a fight, uh, fight club pro show and seven of the matches were all strong style and there was one match with uh session off martina yeah and she was doing like a womstone pile yeah. drive where she puts <laughs> parents head in, in her gear and the crowd at that shit up like you wouldn't like and I, even i was just like going this is fucking amazing I think you could still you could still do variation. You say variation. If, uh, but if the that. difference is is if every match was like that, you become desensitized. Yeah. You need the hard hitting, the strong style stuff in order. So that's a crowd that kind of can kind of appreciate both. But I think, like you say, it, it take away what, from what she was trying to do. If yeah. people try to present that as well, I suppose. So just having a bit right, of everything. Rest, rest, wrestling's a buffet. You want a bit of everything, don't you? That's I think 100%. yeah. And that's when we go to Iron Fist, that's what they're really good at, isn't it? Yeah. You've got yeah. Chris Royals doing his like technical character stuff, and then you've got Jake being an absolute madman, you know, and they do that. Sticking needles yeah. through his I've seen him sticking Oh needles. don't. Yeah. We, that that, we, death, yeah. that death match was something you said literally after because I was like, would you you know, we were asking, would you would you ever do like a, a death match? And I thought about it and was like, uh, maybe. And then as soon as that match happened, you were like, I'm never doing one. We were backstage, and this is a legitimate verbatim thing I heard. Someone said, duck one, needle. And I was like, well, I'm out. Well, I don't need to hear that. What do you mean, duck one, needle? That's, well, not, a, that's not a call. Brilliant. No. Seeing, uh, yeah, Merseyside Mercy School are fantastic, aren't they? But seeing, um, seeing Scott's back after that match, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Just, you know what? I'm, I'm good. My, uh, my, my old-ass 36-year-old back wouldn't, wouldn't tolerate that shit. It's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> right, uh, Gent, it's been an absolute pleasure. But is there anything that you want to promote uh, before we sign off? Whether it's uh, your own channels, whether it's Synergy, whether it's this, that, the other. What is there anything you want to put over to people? Oh, what a great question. Um, I, to be honest, just go and find wrestling. It's on YouTube. There's a load of it. Go Manchester Pro Wrestling YouTube account. Go Iron Fist YouTube account. LWF YouTube account. 
PW for you have a YouTube account? It does. PW for you YouTube uh, account. Yeah. Um, uh, Shock on demand. They've got a really good on demand service. It's yeah, Future Shock on demand. Like just yeah, just go out and enjoy wrestling. Like we all can't leave the house. There's nothing wrestling happening outside in the indie scene. So go and find it on on YouTube. Go and enjoy it. It's fun. It's an escape from reality. Uh, yeah. And then once once you've enjoyed a lot of wrestling, go to synergyshop.bigcartel.com and buy <laughs> because you know we haven't got there's no shows happening, so wages are down. It's uh, at Synergy Faction on Instagram as well. <laughs> that gents actually perfect. Actually, I'm so so glad that we started season three out with you guys. I'm so glad that we tried. There's obviously trio sometimes. What, what's what's one step more than a trio when it's four people? Quartet? Quartet, yes. Quartet sounds better. Um, because I'm a nerd, I know that that's a game on the Master System from like 1989, because I'm a fucking nerd. Sometimes a quartet <laughs> when uh, Chris jumps in. But I'm so glad we tried this out with you guys. Uh, I love you. My DJ Chris loves you. Fucking everyone loves you. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Keep being funny. Keep having fucking awesome matches. Stay humble, stay hungry. Guys, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure. It's been our pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. See you later, guys. See you later. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.